What is up, Guardians? Welcome to the first episode of the Moonlight Justice podcast. Moonlight Justice is a fan podcast dedicated to all things Sailor Moon. I'm your host, Grayson, and I'm going to introduce you to my co-host. Hello, hi, I am Z. And yo, what's up, my girl, homie? My name is Louie. It's a pleasure to be here. What's good? <laughs> Leave it to you, Lumi, I swear. I'm the comedic relief. I'm the comedic relief. I gotta take all those (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so before we get started, I wanted to go over uh, the power of three, which are three principles that we operate by here on Moonlight Justice. So one, practice controversy with civility. So we are respect. We will respectfully discuss our thoughts and opinions without a feeling of judgment towards each other as well as towards our audience. Number two, things will always be discussed constructively and positively. It's easy to discuss things in a negative light, and we will definitely do our best to be positive about some of the discussions that we are having. Three, we will not engage in racism, xenophobia, any type of phobias or triggers. However, these topics might come up during our discussions and we'll be sure to uh, provide a warning or a disclaimer to let you know that that's what we'll be discussing. So since this is our first episode, I think it'll be great for our guardians to get to know us better as well as what we'll be doing on the podcast um, in future episodes. So our first talking point is uh, how do we meet each other? What was our first impression of each other? And uh, if we could describe each other in three words what would they be and we will start with Lumi oh hey what's up um, <laughs> so I actually first met Z back in 2019 I didn't know who I was um, uh, pause. But... the icebreaker went off so try again <laughs> So I first met Z back in like 2019, 2020 of TikTok. Uh, that was when I first saw their videos. And I was like, ooh, this is sick. Um, and I like, I watched their videos. I actually remember following Z. I've been following Z. Um, and I remember watching their videos because I was like, ooh, I want to I wanna get into the public, you know? And um, I was looking at people I wanted to follow, just like the public. Um, and Z had shown up actually as one of the people who was like one of the top, like, I think top 20, first 20 people I've seen um, among a bunch of white people. Um, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that in literally the first black like, player I ever saw. Um, and Grayson, I actually met last year because their video, um, one of their Yeah, cinnamon roll, patient, and 
a nerd. But I mean that I mean that in the most nicest and respectful way because like I know I'm a nerd, but like V, oh my gosh, V, I literally love you. You like nerd out and it's like like so it's so like amazing to watch. Like I don't mean that in a bad way either. It's just like I like watching you nerd out. It's like really fun. And then Jason, if I were to like if I were to describe you in three words, hmm, I don't know. Feeling some type of way that you want to fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just for um, a little con- just for a little context, Z is kind of uh, not Z, but Lumi is kind of salty with me because she forgot when we were recording this podcast episode. So we have been giving her grief like on live yesterday. So <laughs> for a solid hour, I might add. <laughs> a solid hour. What is <laughs> By the way, I have thought that we were like between nine and twelve. I didn't know that we were actually recording between that time. <laughs> but, but, I then you were said, but I, I specifically said we needed a few hours to record because we have so much to talk about. And usually, our lives when we did our co-hosted lives, they would go for like two, three hours. Really, I always thought for like five or six. Uh, that too, possibly. Alright, yes, but yes, your, your, your three words, please. <laughs> My three words, okay. Um, definitely compassionate. Um, what is the what's a synonym for teasing? Because there's a word for it. I don't know, playful, I guess. Um, very confident in themselves as well. Very caring. I know that's like probably four or five words, but like those are like all the words I can't just describe you in like three words. Like that's hard to do. B, it's a little <laughs> easier to like be just a cinnamon roll. Be just a cinnamon roll. You're you're a little complex. But in a good way. I just I can't just describe you in three words. That's a little hard to do. L O L. Okay, Z, you're next. Go ahead and Tell us how you how you met me and Lumi. What were your impressions of us? And three words to describe the two of us. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'll start with Lumi. I met Lumi on TikTok around 2020-ish. Um, and my first impression was, dang, I love their cosplay so much. And they seem super duper sweet and super duper cool. And then we started DMing each other, and the rest is history. And we even got to meet each other at Hobbit last year, and it was so fun. I wish we would have uh, met even longer, but I let me see. Oh, let me see Now, Grayson, gee, I saw a lot of G's edits on my For You page last year, and they were primarily PGSM edits, which had me screaming and hollering, because I love PGSM, and I rarely saw people talk about PGSM as a whole, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, they make, they make PGSM edits, and then I saw Save Review edits, and people were sending me both PGSM edits that G had made, and Save Review edits, because that's just, that's just what I love, um, and then eventually we followed each other, and the rest is history from there, and my first impression of G was that, oh, G is really cool because G knows about PGSM. So they're automatically cool in my book. <laughs> automatically cool because you love PGSM. And then on top of that, you know, so you're definitely super cool. 
my three words for describing Lumi are inspirational because Lumi to me is very <laughs> Lumi to me is very, very inspiring in everything that they do. My second word is um, oh goodness, what's my second word? I just had it on the brunt of my forehead. Cool. Second, the second word is cool. It's like no matter what Lumi does, Lumi puts like a super duper cool spin on it. So inspiring, cool, and unique. I have to say unique is the third word. Uh, kind of. <laughs> Because <laughs> it kind of juxtaposes what's cool. I think any cosplay that Lumi does, um, she's going to put like a super duper cool and unique spin on it. So inspiring, cool, and unique. Those are my three words for Lumi. And I could go into heavier, greater detail with that, but this isn't going to be a crime session. <laughs> and uh, my three words for G creative, because all of the edits that. Um, second word is wise there's a lot of conversations that i've had with g and i love the perspective that he brings into a lot of the conversations that we have so i'd say very wise because he offers different perspectives and then the third word is silly because a lot of people (laughs) don't know but g is super duper silly like really really silly but like in a good way and it and it shows it just shows nice little humor so those are my three words for you oh thank you i'm so glad we're not on camera because i'd be cheesing <laughs> <laughs> that's what i've been doing this whole time <laughs> okay so all right so let's see here so the first question was how did i meet you guys what are my impressions of you and three words to describe each of you so i'll start with z because i met z first um and z just kind of like popped up out of the blue she's probably one of the first followers to really like reach out to me via comments on my edits and um she was really friendly and it was very comforting because it was very it was a very new space for me especially on tiktok um i have really bad social anxiety so it was really nerve-wracking for me to interact with people in that type of space and um my impression was i was blown away by like how creative she was because the first the first video that i saw was the tanya yellow ranger transformation sequence that you did so that was the very first impression i got for you and i was like oh she loves power rangers she's like automatically cool in my book so i was like um i think she was also one of the like first few followers that i had uh, followed back um and i'm really glad that i did that was really good Um, it was it was definitely an un unexpected connection so i'm really glad that that happened and miss lumi (laughs) 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 lumi has been like she has been around but and i've seen i like it's so weird because i did not i think i the 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 first impression like the first connection i missed that's kind of like what sticks out to my head because Lumi has been around since the beginning but I didn't know who she was 
And I think that that's very interesting because um, when we started this podcast, I was like, oh, what's your TikTok? And she's like, luminary underscore peach. And I'm like, I know who that is. <laughs> so it's, and it's so funny. It's like, because she was there when I first went live and everything like that. And, but I never connected the two because when you went live with me that first time with me and Z Lumi, uh-huh. I didn't even make the connection then until I asked for your <laughs> TikTok at your TikTok handle or your bio, which I still have yet to get. Um, <laughs> so, um, so it's like, so for me, it's like the disconnect is kind of like how the disconnection is like how I associate meeting Lumi for the first time because I met her in the beginning but I didn't know who she was until like recently (laughs) Uh, and my my first impression of Lumi um, was hilarious Um, she she came out of the blue and like I said I have very bad social anxiety so when I was live with Z and she asked to go live I was very nervous because again I didn't know who she was (laughs) um (laughs) But um, the first impression that I got, especially in that live with Z, um, was of like a vibe. Like it, something just clicked, and it was that that live between the three of us was such a vibe and such a mood because it was like you could like the way we were talking. You would swear that we had been friends for like five, ten years, and we've only known each other like within a year. So. That was my kind of first impressions of you guys. And also how I came to meet both of you. Uh, three words to describe Z. Okay. Cinnamon, roll is, cinnamon roll is definitely a good description of like <laughs> of Z. Looks like a cinnamon roll, is a cinnamon roll. <laughs> yep. Um but yes, um, very kind. Um, she's very compassionate. Um, she's in touch with her emotions, um, and she's probably genuine. is a is a word that comes to mind. She's genuine in everything she says and does, um, and so it, it's all it comes from a place of you know, like honesty and um, true like authenticity so I definitely appreciate that about Z and Lumi uh, definitely very passionate funny and um, a third word I would say is (laughs) yeah compassionate funny compassionate funny um, yeah, passionate, funny, and just—I I don't want to say crazy because that—that doesn't—that doesn't like really fit what the description I'm trying to go for. But mm-hmm. I would say rambunctious, like just full of energy. Uh, that's what I love about Lumi is that she brings this type of energy that just gets you hype. Um, so <laughs> um, those are the three words that I would use to describe. Lumi. So, I'll be back today. 
it's truth <laughs> so the census is a sailor moon podcast i think it's important to talk about how we started watching sailor moon and which version of the show did we start watching and we're gonna start with z <laughs> <laughs> i knew it um, so, <laughs> so I, I actually started watching Sailor Moon through the live action series, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Uh, Sailor Moon was recommended to me when I was a freshman in high school, and I always came across the henshins from the live action, and I was like, oh, this looks a little different. And they actually had all the episodes on YouTube at that time, so I was like, well, this is Sailor Moon, this is what person recommended, so I'm going to try this out. And the rest is history. I got very into PGSM. And then from there, I was able to get into the other iterations like the musicals, Crystal, the manga, and all that fun stuff. Nice. How about you, Lumi? Um, so I actually started watching when I was in kindergarten. Um, my aunt, actually, when I had um, when I was leaving for school, because I was really nervous as a, when I was school, so I had like huge social anxiety, like insane amount. It's gotten better over the years, um, not much, but it's gotten better. And my aunt, um, she was like, hey, when you get back, you can watch the Sailor Moon. And I was like, what's that? She's like, it's a really huge show, and I think you would love it. And I was like, okay. So I was like waiting, and when we got back, we like sat on the bed. And the version that we had started off with the CIC dub. Um, but I believe she said aired on TV when she was a little girl. Um, they didn't have all the episodes at the time, and I didn't get to actually finish um, the moon when I was younger with my aunt at the very least, because I had to, um, she didn't have enough time because she was out of school at the time. Um, so when I was able to get my first phone in, I believe third grade is when I actually finished Sailor Moon. And I finished the CIC dub. Um, at the time, they did have all the episodes on there. Not all the episodes. I wanted to maybe up to like the end of like Sailor S. Um, and then the rest I watched in like it was the other dub that was available at the time. And then, you know, the rest is history. And after that, I got into the and then PPSM literally in the same year as well. Um, and then, you know, I read the manga, of course, when I was older because I didn't look enough to comprehend manga and stuff. Yeah, I grew up a Sailor Moon. I'm a little, I'm a little Sailor Moon daddy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so um, I really I wanted to start with Z because I thought it was very interesting when I first started talking with her, and she told me she watched PGSM first, and that kind of like really changed my perspective on how people got into Sailor Moon because when I started watching Sailor Moon it was I first saw Sailor Moon when I was in elementary school I didn't start watching it until I was in middle school slash high school and in the you know here in the U.S. the only version available in the 90s and 2000 was the Deke dub and the Cloverway dub so I grew up on the Deke dub um it um, aired on Toonami at 4 o'clock right after school um, and so 
my experience in watching Sailor Moon was very linear. So I watched the deke dub. We watched, and so from the deke dub, I realized and learned that there was the. It was based off an original Japanese show. So when I started learning more about the Japanese show, and you know, more releases were coming out where they were releasing the actual Japanese version, I started watching the Japanese version, got into it that way, and so my progress from there was very linear. So it was like the deke dub and the Japanese dub, and then the movies, and then later on PGSM. Like I watched PGSM when it first debuted in 2003, and then.、Um, From there, I got into. I didn't get into the musicals until the pandemic,、um, but I always knew what the musicals were, and they were always around. And I had some of the songs, but I never. It was really hard to get a lot of the Sailor Moon content back in the day because it was very anime in general was very hard to get during that time. So it's like unless you were going to your Japan towns or your China towns, or you had friends in the military that were that were traveling overseas.、Um, It was really hard to get、um, those items, and even like downloading was close to impossible because internet was nothing like it is now.、Um, so I thought it was very interesting when Z said she watched PGSM first because it was like it totally threw that linear progression that I had like out of whack, and that the way like the, the how many iterations there are of Sailor Moon, there is there's no longer. One path. There's multiple paths to the fandom, which I thought was really cool. Any, Still throws people off. It, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like when I did my panel at AWA, like talking about PGSM and、uh, the musicals, I had asked like, how did people get into Sailor Moon? And I think most everybody raised their hand when it came to the '90s anime and the manga. And I was like, "Well, I got into it through the live action, so I'm I'm, I'm throwing a little bit of a curveball." People are like, "Really?、I'm、like, yeah, I got into it through the live action." So I got yes. Yeah, for me. Oh yeah, when I asked you, oh my god, I was like, I was like, <laughs> you got into yes, I'm first. Like, you didn't know what the '90s was. You got into yes, I'm first. And then when I told you I had gotten into it, like in third, like. Or Jay, you were like, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Y'all." <laughs> yeah, yeah, for me, it was Deke Dub, and then I read the 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 mixed scene in Tokyo Pop mangas, and then it was, and then I got to the Japanese version and stuff like that afterwards. And it was so hard to get a hold like of those of the original anime episodes. Like we, me and my friends, were depending on. Screen caps and、um, like different websites because it was so hard to get information on stuff like that.、So. And that's how a lot of the、um, like a lot of the head cannons came into place because a lot of people were trying to figure out what Sailor Moon was about and what the other planets, like the other planet sailors, would look like or what they would be like. And we had no idea, so people were literally making up stuff. As they were going along, I was even one of them. Like I was just making up stuff, trying to make things connect.、Um, I know that when I went to my local Chinatown here in Las Vegas, like I found like playing cards with Sailor Moon on there, but I didn't know who Super Sailor Moon was. I didn't know who Eternal Sailor Moon was.、Oh um, but I was seeing these images of you know the different Fukus, you know the, the different forms and the. 
traditional like I didn't know who Sailor Pluto was I didn't know who Sailor Uranus was I didn't know who Sailor Neptune was and at that time the Deke Dub only went to Sailor Moon R so I only saw Pluto but I didn't know who Uranus, Neptune, and Saturn were so it's very interesting to kind of like trying to piece it together and stuff like that like I was making up stories in my head like oh this image must be related to this image and they were in like a battle and stuff like that like um, I tried to talk about that in the discord too like where we're talking about like like I'll put those images up and say like, I thought this was this and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, think, like for, I think that's so cool, though. Yeah, I think it was, it was very interesting. I, I try to, like, bring that perspective to it because I think a lot of people tend to, like, forget. It's very easy to forget, like, how you got into it or the misconceptions that were taking place um, during that time because now it's like you have access to – like, you have pretty much access to – the Viz dub, the Japanese dub, and stuff like that, but it's like the 90s kind of like fell to the wayside because there's no distribution for it. So it's very interesting. So with that being said, what is your preferred or favorite version of Sailor Moon? And we'll start with Lumi. Are you talking about in terms of dub or are you talking about in terms of group? Uh, the version of Sailor Moon, I'm talking about this, uh, the preferred version of Sailor Moon. Like, is it the anime? Is it the manga? Is it PGSM? Is it the musicals? What would be your preferred version? It can be the original, it could be the dub, whatever is your preference. Um, I don't know. Um, because when I was younger, I, oh my god, I thought it was a little trader for this. So originally, I used to do a few like EIC dubs, Loverway dubs. Um, then, and then I got into PGSM, and I was like, no, PGSM is so much better. Especially when I watched like the special act movies, and then I saw Mamo and Argy get married. Spoilers. Um, but I don't know. I think if anything, I'll probably get with Cloverway, maybe? I don't know. I guess there's, there's okay. something so interesting about what she goes, ah, with her Because I, I think the reason why I love that dog so much is because it probably has so much memory. It, like, it sticks up to me the most. Or, and I can use, I'm probably thinking of the DX dub, especially when Mama was such like, a complete first member in the first, like, season. Which is like, oh my gosh! Like I love, I love the voice acting. I hated the cousin thing though. I hated the cousin thing. Um, <laughs> but it also probably sticks out to me the most because it was also something that I had grew up on. So I'm probably gonna say the night. This is that is that is so valid and very true. It is it is pure nostalgia at this point. Um, it is all it'll always have a special place in my heart. The the Deke dub and the Cloverway dub. Um, and yeah, what about you, Z? Well, I'm horribly biased. Uh, my preferred version is PGSM, but that's just because of the nostalgia that it has for me. Um, like I remember watching it when I would get home from track practice. I remember getting my very first Sailor Moon item, which was a Sailor Moon necklace that I had bought at, I believe, uh, FYE. And I bought the necklace specifically because it reminded me of Usagi's transformation necklace. 
I remember getting into all the character songs and stuff, and it's just it's just such a wonderful time to reminisce on. So I gotta say, PGSM, like it left a really really big impact on me. Okay. Um, for me, um, I would have to say that I prefer, um, the Japanese version, uh, just because as much as I love, like, Deacon Cloverway, it's, it's definitely, it was, it will always be my gateway into Sailor Moon, so I would never dismiss it or say that it is not, um, that is not Sailor Moon, like, it is definitely a Sailor Moon dub that is uh, basically congruent with other dubs um, and it had its own iteration it will always be a gateway for me Deke Dub is pure nostalgia magic and it always will be and I remember when Cloverway first premiered on Toonami and I literally like lost my mind I was, at, I was at my friend's house because we had been waiting for Sailor Moon S and Supers to be dubbed in English and you know it had been so many years since they did the uh, first two seasons of Sailor Moon with the Deke dub so we just assumed that it would never happen especially and around that time a lot of people had access or had watched the original Japanese version in some capacity so they knew about Uranus and Neptune and uh, Sailor Stars and stuff like that so it was like seeing some of the things that were happening we're like okay well the way our media is set up here in the u.s we've probably never seen anything like that because you know gay people weren't on tv like that um and some and it's just like and because it's considered a kid show we knew that there was something and it would it's very true because when it premiered on toonami the sailor moon s and super season um on clover away we were left aghast. Like, it was like, they're cousins. Why are they cousins? <laughs> and <laughs> it is it is something that persists to this day. And I'm like, if you, if you had to, like, if you didn't want to put emphasis on their relationship, you could have made them best friends. Why cousins? Because it just, the jokes are unending when it comes to that <laughs> to decision. This day. To this day. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And the Clover Way was riddled with um, just some weird changes. Like there were, you know, the missed dub lines and stuff like that. But that's a story for another day. Um, but yes, the preferred, my preferred version would definitely be the Japanese Sailor Moon, the 90s um, anime. Um, I think because it told so much, it had some more story compared to the English dub at that point in time because there were only two seasons. Um, so it's like, oh my gosh, five seasons worth of Sailor Moon content and learning so much. And the um, the Japanese voice actresses um, did an amazing job. And it's just always like stuck with me. And I just remember, you know, going through high school and college, like literally like listening to the Japanese soundtracks and listening and watching the episodes and stuff like that. Like it was, it was all an experience that I'll never forget. That's so nice. <laughs> so speaking of... Uh, so, 
you know that kind of segues into our next talking point and it t- so you know we know that we have a preferred favorite versions and we've talked about like why we like those and i think that ties into what sailor moon means to us and how we relate to sailor moon so so z how much does sailor moon mean to you and how does sailor moon relate to you as a person oh my goodness so sailor moon means the big absolute world to me it was probably one of the first few fandoms that i was in because i think at the time when i was getting into sailor moon i was also into soul leader percy jackson and I was lightly engaging within those fandom spaces, but I think Sailor Moon was the first fandom space that I like actively, actively, actively engaged with to the point where I made like ship weeks on Tumblr. Um, Cause Mamoru and Usagi don't get enough love. Um, <laughs> so I like, like Sailor Moon means the world to me. Like I, I've made way too many costumes from this anime. I know way too many songs. I know all the dances. Um, when it comes to how how Sailor Moon relates to me personally and like what Sailor Moon means to me personally, um, I think it's really cool to see a protagonist that is not afraid to show her emotions in the midst of things happening. And I think that just it just hits a little different because I, I consider myself to be a fairly emotional person. I mean, I literally cry when I watch a Sailor Moon episode. Um, and I know when life gets stressful, things are happening um it's often i'll say advertised that you should hold your emotions in and you shouldn't be showing this kind of stuff it's not right you should just keep strong and keep at it but no i want to cry if if things are not happening as they should if i'm stressed i shouldn't have to hold everything in so i think seeing a protagonist that's not only um compassionate but also emotional in the sense of i'm not going to let my tears shy and um take away from the strength that I have, I think that's really empowering. And that's something that's kind of stuck with me to this day. Oh, well said, that's really good. What about you, Lumi? Can you repeat the question? I'm a little, I was, I was so focused and I wasn't even saying, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I glad mean, my she, answer was not provoking. <laughs> she, went, I mean, she went zero to a hundred real quick. She. So, what does Sailor Moon mean to you, and how does Sailor Moon relate to you? Okay, um, Sailor Moon means, like, a lot to me. Like, um, I'm gonna get a little deep here. Um, I was not, like, as a child at all. Um, I had no friends. Not a single one. Not one. Um, I think my only friend was probably my mom at the time, and, like, a fake friend that I had. Um, who would make me at school. Um, so when I would get home, you know, or, you know, when I would at night or in the morning, you know, I would just be watching the other She was basically my companion, literally growing up for like all the way until I maybe like maybe fifth or sixth grade when I made my first actual friend. Um, me and the friends, you know, that I've made, of course, you know, people I made growing up, we all talked about but Sarah was literally my companion. She was there for me when I was, you know, getting bullied and, you know, mercilessly by the way. Um, and she, she's just been there for me growing up, if anything. So she just means a lot to me. The series means a lot to me. It taught me a lot about, you know, friendships and things that I didn't understand, things that I didn't have, that I didn't know. 
um, because I'd never really got to interact with it, you know? Um, so she was just there for me, especially the times I was depressed and I could just watch it feel insanely better, you know? Um, I think Kalo is really moon probably relates to me. Like, are we talking about, like, Usagi herself, or are we talking about, like, herself? We're talking about Usagi, um, then. Yeah, we know. Yeah, I think it's, like, what the show means to you and how the character relates to you. Okay. So, how Usagi relates to me is, one, we're both cancers. Uh, she's a dream cancer. I'm a July cancer. Um, but we share a lot of similarities. Like, she's like, she calls herself 50. I would consider myself pretty 50 as well, but not all 50. Um, I, I get mean, very emotional. The podcast is being recorded, so yes, that's easy. Listen. Bringing that right back on Bringing all the Usagi energy. Oh, <laughs> right. I, I think also, like, with her personality as well, like, her and I are huge suits. Um, I relate to, you know, her little power struggle with TV Usa, but also not in the same way because, listen, I would never fight for a man for my own child, but you know what? That's just me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I relate to her in that sense that, like, with me and children, we just, we be hustling. I love them, but we be hustling. Um, fruity, gaming, you know, being clumsy, I'm very clumsy, forgetfulness, being late, all of that, I think I pretty much relate to. Um, I don't, I can definitely say the level of patience that I probably have is not as much as like Usagi's. Um, <laughs> her obliviousness, mm, I'm a little close, I'm a little close. Um, but I want to say that's probably how I relate to Usagi. Like, I am a coward in terms of confrontation as well. So I think Usagi is also better than me and that because she's able to do it. She's able to get through it. Me, I'm just there like, I don't want to do this. 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 And then I like eventually force myself to do it, which actually, wait, hold on. Maybe I'm a little closer to that. This is just me rambling. Don't even me. Okay. All right. That is, that's a great answer, Lumi. And I had no idea that... Listen. That <laughs> Hold on, real quick. I'm gonna. I'm adding in another question, so bear with me. Because <laughs> I have to, I have to know. So hold on, but I'm gonna answer the question. Just give me a minute. Okay, uh, what's the question? Uh, you, I'm gonna answer. It's gonna be in the next like two questions. I promise, though. Oh goodness. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I am too. Okay, so what does Sailor Moon mean to me and how does Sailor Moon relate to me? Um, Sailor Moon is one of my cornerstones in my life. I think that um, growing up as a shy, sensitive, introverted, socially anxious kid, um, Sailor Moon definitely provided a comfort for me, um, definitely during a time where things were so uncertain. Um, I definitely had a hard time making friends, um, not because I wasn't likable, but because I just moved around a lot as a kid. So I really couldn't firmly establish like any roots like that. Um, I did make some, you know, friends that I have to this day, but it's like my friend circle is very small. And I think that that kind of comes from that, that environment. 
Um, but Sailor Moon has been a cornerstone, has been my cornerstone. It's been my, my rock. Um, so it was always my, my comfort place to go to when things were getting hard. So it's like literally, like literally any money that I got, I was using to buy Sailor Moon stuff. Um, so the very first thing that I bought was the Memorial Music Box. Um, I've always had this like ear for music and not not music in a sense where um, like popular music or radio or anything like that, but background music, uh, compositions, uh, orchest- orchestration. And that's what I think that's why the Japanese version is my preferred version because there have been some really emotional music cues that appear in the show that really like tugged on my heartstrings. So I would literally like them. So I don't know if you guys have seen the Memorial Music Box, but it is a, it is a six CD set of the soundtracks from the entire show and the movies. I have and, seen it. And <laughs> I literally carried that box wherever I went in my backpack. And I had, and there was no MP3 players back then. I literally, <laughs> I literally had my my CD player. Your CD player? I'm about to say, it's probably my, CD And my headphone. And I was literally, I would listen to disc one all the way through, take put it back in its case take out disc two and put it in i literally listened to that that box cover to cover every day if i was on the bus everywhere i went to school i was listening you know i was listening to sailor moon music um and i think it really provided a safe space for me uh, especially in those uh places that made me socially anxious i was able to hide away in that music so that will always be a core memory for me and um what sailor moon means to me i think sailor moon as a character um she embodies a lot of the ideals and principles um, that i adhere to when it comes to myself as a person and as a friend uh I think that, you know, her compassion as well as her um, unyielding personality are things that I aspire to. Um, and the sacrifices that she's willing to make for the people that she loves speaks volumes to me. And I would like to think that as a person that I would go to the same lengths for my loved ones as well. Um, I, I, I think it's like, I think... I don't necessarily relate to the ditziness and the clumsiness that uh, she exhibits throughout the show, um, but it's like those tender, emotional moments where, she, like, where her true, genuine personality comes through. I think that I relate to those moments the best. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's how I relate to Sailor. Such a wonderful answer. <laughs> Y'all are so really. So I know that we talked about how Sailor Moon, how we relate to Sailor Moon, but who is your favorite character in the Sailor Moon universe? Z. Oh, how dare you? Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. I, I, I always say I can't pick favorites just because Lumi, so help me. I, I always say I can't pick favorites because I have 
different favorites for different reasons. Right. But I think throughout any version, Sailor Jupiter is my favorite character. Like Sailor Moon and Sailor Jupiter, but Sailor Jupiter specifically, just because like the first version I watched, she was the first character that I got really, really attached to. Um, when it came to her story, when it came to how, how she presents herself, it was just one of those characters I was like, oh, you're literally me in a different font. Um, so I got I gotta say Sailor Jupiter, and she was the first Senshi that I ever cosplayed, so that's another extra little impact. Okay, what about you, Lumi? I'm gonna go with Hikaru, um, or Sailor Saturn, just because I, like at first I want to say my favorite character was Usagi, you know, of course. Um, and then it transformed to Jupiter, and then when I met Kotaru, and I was like, whoa, who is this? Um, am I allowed to get into the reason why? Or do I just gotta yes. say it? Yes. Okay. Um, I fell in love with her tragic villain character. Like, she's not a villain, either. Um, it's just, right. she was mute. And when she was both Sailor Saturn in her past life, and then, you know, when she was brought back as Sailor Saturn, people saw her as a calamity. And it's very tragic, and it's hurt, it's painful, and it's very raw. Um, and the way that they portray it in both, I feel like the, the way they both portray it in both the Japanese stuff, which is also why I also love the Japanese stuff. I would have said it was my favorite, but you know, the and Clover is just nostalgia for me. Um, but the way that they portray her in the Japanese dub and in the manga, it was just, especially when she was Mistress Nine and when she was sick, you know, and that art with her father, the doctor, it was just, her story was so amazing and it just, it really hit me on a deep level. So, you know, usually I'd be struggling with my favorite character because I never have a favorite character, but Saturn, Saturn was forever my only favorite character because of her, her character, her story, the way she was portrayed, her tragic villain story, when she wanted, wasn't even really a villain, she was just a poor little girl who had a duty from um, Queen Serenity and, you know, near Queen Serenity to protect the century and protect the other planets and she had to literally reset the universe and people were just like, oh, what you doing that place? Oh, for four years. <laughs> 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 a wrap, gotta put her to sleep. But you know, it's like, she's just a, such an amazing character and I feel like once you get to know her actual true character and you know how she is and what she fights for and her beliefs and the things that she loves, you're like, actually, like, you really love her a lot more than you. Okay. Um, I, I agree with both of you. I really don't have quote-unquote favorites. I get this question, We and I'm pretty sure Z and Lumi can test. Like we get these questions a lot. Like a whole lives. lot. <laughs> like I swear, it comes up like every five seconds. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Um, so, and I feel like Sailor Moon is kind of like I like Sailor Moon, which is kind of like the Miss Universe answer for who's mm-hmm. your favorite character. And of course, you like the main characters. Um, um, but like, uh, I think it's like I like. You know, if I had to choose a favorite, I, I probably would go through with Sailor Moon just because of the reasons I stated earlier, like her ideals and um, her passion and her compassion. I think that that is um, like their ideals and principles that I would like, that I that I aspire to and adhere to. Um, but I think what I like about Sailor Moon and, which is, and why it's hard to choose favorites is that um, 
Naoko, the creator, um, the anime, um, does a good job of of the ensemble uh, elements of the story. Where I mean, even though the manga in Crystal is pretty fast-paced, I think the way that they present the characters in such a way where um, you like them as a whole. It's really hard to individualize them because um, they're such a great ensemble and they complement each other in such a way where they one doesn't outshine the other. Like even Sailor Moon as a main character does not outshine the other other characters in the story to where you're like picking standouts or picking favorites in such a way you can pretty much name any character in the story and find something that you like about them you know yeah so this is very interesting so if i had to choose it would probably be sailor moon um and then like people are like well what if it wasn't sailor moon okay well sailor mars or sailor venus are definitely um characters that i like and, and they're like okay well if it wasn't an inner senshi what if it's an outer senshi i would probably say, <laughs> i'll probably say like failure and it's like i swear it's like uh I'll, it's like i get some that that favorite question and then some variation of the favorite question just to get a better understanding because the a lot of the answers that i get tend to be like the sailor jupiters um uranus and neptune saturn um mars or venus but it's like you know mercury um doesn't tend to get a lot of love uh Kibiusa is some people's favorite and stuff like that um but i do i do see some commonalities in some of the answers and i think that it's because um people see themselves in certain characters and that's how they tend to be um their favorites and, spe- and and that was the extra question that I added in. What Sailor Moon character is most like you? And we'll start with Lumi. Oh God, um, Lord. She's like Queen of Hellenia. Maybe we'll see. Uh, no, honestly, probably. Probably either Venus or Usagi. Okay. Like if I'm being honest, it's probably either Venus or Usagi. And I'm and I'm not just considering like their personality, I'm considering like their true personality. But they have, you know, hidden under what they, you know, portray to other everyone else, you know. Um so for the most part I probably wanna say Minako. Definitely probably Minako. Or Mercury, honestly. That is also why I chose Juju for, you know, my little... My for little the art. Thing. <laughs> yeah, for the art. But, yeah, probably between Ami, Usagi, and Minato. I'm definitely not like. <laughs> and what about Yuzi? I'll say for me, it's between... Tommy slash uh, Mercury, because we're both Virgos, and I realized that I have a lot of similarities with her. So I'd say Mercury, Mamaru, because I feel like there's a lot of personality things and um, characteristics and stuff when it comes to Mamaru that I really relate with and stuff. And then also Usagi. Those are my three. Nice. Um... I was actually thinking about this um, when we were talking about what Sailor, what Sailor Moon means to us and stuff like that. Um, 
and initially my answer probably would have been Sailor Moon but honestly I think the character I relate most to or who is most like me is Sailor Pluto um I think I think the um, I think her being like you know the guardian of time and space um kind of it resonates with me as a person i'm very much an introvert um i keep to myself for the most part um, i'm very comfortable in my own um, space um, and i'm okay with doing things on my own and i think that that kind of resonates with pluto as a character i think that even though she is she is comfortable with her duty and solitude as the guardian of time and space i think she is also a person that wants to connect with others and i think that she touches on that in the manga and in crystal where she while she is okay with her duty she wants to connect with others she um, aspires to be like sailor moon herself which i think speaks to me as well like i would love to have the dedication and the passion and the zeal that Sailor Moon has, I haven't had the opportunity to really exhibit those characteristics in the way that Sailor Moon has. And I think that Sailor Pluto relates in that way. Um, so I think that that's, I think that that's the character that relates to me the most um, when I think about it. Like it's like I would, you know, it's like even like I think that. You know, my personality is kind of like in line with Usagi's in, in, a, in a way, but I think like the more I think about it, Pluto tends to be the um, like the core of it. Whereas like she's mm. she's the oldest, I'm the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, um, I think that that's um, thing. And there's another character that stood out to me. I can't. I can't remember. Who it was. Sailor Pluto was one. We can make old man jokes now. <laughs> Parallel the musicals. <laughs> yeah, I I, 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 yeah, I think my answer would definitely be um, Sailor Pluto. So since point. we're since we're talking about favorites, let's let's dive into some more favorites. So out of out of all the versions of Sailor Moon, what is your favorite transformation? Oh, any character, any transformation. So we'll start with Lumi. Yes, please. Okay, okay. So you guys know that episode where Usagi loses her transformation brooch and Maburu brings her to this abandoned building and it has a bunch of cats in it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she first gets the moon heart rod. That is my favorite transformation. I, I'm so dead ass. Like, it is so, it's a classic, okay? And yeah, yeah, there's the, you know, the sparkly transformation, and, you know, the eternal Sailor Moon transformation is so pretty, and, you know, it has meaning with Kotaru, and, you know, you have the, 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 the Cosmos Sailor Moon, you know, with the wings and stuff, and it's like, I'm not even gonna lie, she hates that outfit, but I don't know. I just, I love the heart that she spins in it, and the music, it's so good and then you know when she gets the moon heart rod it's just so many feels and it's just so much love that is attached to that transformation specifically i feel like out of all the transformations um it's probably like a fight between that one and you know um the super sailor moon you know which is like famous Kotaru, like who has the most like emotional baggage to it but i feel like probably you know the one that's um, 
the moon heart block would win, which is why, you know, that one is specifically my favorite. Arguably, that's really, that's, that's really good, Lumi. What about you, Z? PGSM aside, uh, <laughs> My, <laughs> I think my favorite <laughs> transformation sequence, uh, one of them specifically is a transformation sequence that happens in the Bandai musicals. I believe the musical is I, E, and Ni. It's basically, I think it covers Super S. Um, okay. But Usagi has, Usagi and Chibi Moon actually, they have a transformation and they project it and it it's just it's cool because it i think it adds a sense of realism to usagi's transformation sequences because most of the time we often see them animated um pgsm you know doing its, its own cool little thing but seeing them um transform on stage and them doing like the same kind of effects that they did in the anime because i know pgsm didn't exist yet i think that's really cool and it shows that like sailor moon can transcend transcend excuse me um past the, the animation screen because I, I don't know I would have lost my mind if I was in that theater seeing Usagi <laughs> and Chibi Moon get their super sailor moon forms and then they appear on stage like I think that's so cool yes I think it is really cool and I love these answers because they're not your typical like you know cookie cutter answers and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that but I think it's very I think it just goes to show that everybody has like specific moments that they like tied to a transformation mm-hmm. um so i think it's really cool I, lo- I love both of these answers because um it wasn't like oh i like you know jupiter star transformation and i like you know like even though lumi chose um the cosmic transformation she tied it to a specific moment in the show when she first got like when she couldn't transform and when she got that transformation power back and she was able to get her power from her relationship with Mamaru. Uh, I love the, the tie-in to that and I love and honestly the the scene that you speak about I know exactly what you're talking about too Z. Nice. And <laughs> it is like and honestly it is the only time that you see them transform on stage in the musicals yep. in the Bandai era for that for that matter the, mm-hmm. that um, that 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 was like iconic because it was iconic and it's very rare because it did not happen ever again after that nope like it would be off screen kind of stuff it would always be um, off screen yeah and um I you know I really wish that they would have kind of like kept with that motif because I really think they could have like Yes, it would have hate. And I would have preferred that. Yes, and I and I would have preferred yeah, Noki Miyu, like I like their practical stage effects, but I really wish that they would have implemented since they were using the screen already, I think that that would have been a great way for them to transition into their their soldier forms rather than them doing the practical stage effects. It's very creative, but it was also but you could also see it happening. Yeah. Like, like you could see, you could see all the moving the quick change like even though it was a quick change you could still see the moving parts like you could see them getting ready to tear away the uniform stuff like that mm-hmm. um, so it's very interesting to see uh, for me I have to say I have two favorite transformation sequences and they tend to be tied to very emotional type um, scenes so one number one would have to be when 
uh, Sailor Moon is able to become Sailor Moon one last time with her own heart crystal. I think that that, when she became Super Sailor Moon using her own heart was very, it was a very epic moment, especially in Sailor Moon as a whole, because it was it was very deep and dark. Um, it went, it was mm-hmm. definitely grittier than the previous season. So in that moment was just a testament to how far Sailor Moon is willing to go um, for her ideals. Uh, so I think that th- that will always be like a pivotal Sailor Moon moment for me. Um, the second would have to be when she becomes Princess Sailor Moon for the first time in PGSM. I think that... Oh, yes. yes, that was going to be my second answer. That was going to be my second <laughs> And I think, and once again, it's tied to an emotional response where um, Sailor Moon slash Usagi felt powerless um, in something that she had no control over and her heart and we'll be, we'll be delving into these topics as we go <laughs> along um, but I think that for her to, for her to have so, such an emotional response in such a way where it triggers not only another transformation but a whole different personality on top of it um, speaks volumes to me and I, I think it's like one of my favorite like it was definitely a turning point in PGSM for me because it was definitely unexpected like I was blown away when I saw it for the first time because I never you could have never I never imagined something like that happening in PGSM I thought it was literally going to be like a strict like retelling of the manga like it was going to be like very linear and um, definitely it like definitely took some twists and turns um, as it went along. Okay, so continuing on, continuing on the favorite train out of all the Sailor Moon versions. Doesn't matter what character it is, who has your favorite costume? We'll start with we'll start with our with our uh, cos cosplayer aficionado Z, who has been uh, cosplaying <laughs> like she's well she's done uh, PGSM Moon Eternal Sailor Moon Princess Serenity and now she's working on Princess Sailor Moon I think it would be remiss of us not to have her answer first. <laughs> I'm screaming! Oh my goodness! So, so can you can you ask the question again, just so I have a, a, a full grasp before Absolutely. I do, I dive Absolutely. deep? Absolutely. So, any character in any in any iteration of Sailor Moon, be it musicals, PGSM, the anime, the manga, what is your favorite costume? Oh my gosh, this is so broad. And there's so many. <laughs> there is so many. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I guess I guess top top three i'll do top three characters and i'll explain my favorite costume for each character um sailor moon jupiter and then um it's like tuxedo mask for funsies so sailor moon my favorite costume for her it has to be eternal sailor moon from crystal specifically because i love the colors that they use in crystal 
I also love the Nelke Fuku, specifically the Fuku from Petite Estrangere, um, and also the Bandai Mi Fuku. Any version is fine because they're all beautiful. Uh, for Jupiter, I specifically love her PGSM outfit. I love how she has her little little uh, flower belt. I wish that was a detail that they added. Um, I want to say in Crystal in the 90s anime because I don't think they added that in those two counterparts. And I think it's a really cute design for her. Uh, but I love her PGSM costume for Jupiter. And then for Tsurokomen Sama, I actually really like his PGSM design, mainly the mask portion. Because okay. I think that's a really uh, which mask? Because he has two. Which, the one with the <laughs> <laughs> the one with the gem in the middle. Because I okay. think that's a really unique little design to his mask. And then I also I also I also really like his musical outfit. I know it's kind of it's kind of cheesy in the sense of he has like a gold uh, lining. He's like the Bandai musical costume. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know the, the gold satin lining whatnot can be a big throw off but i love the dramatic flair that that costume has and that whomever is playing mama at that point in time presents that costume in i think it's really iconic and it it, it just it makes a statement okay and those Lumi, are my short answers awesome so Lumi, you're also a cosplayer so it would be remiss of me not to have you go next because yep. <laughs> you because you are just you are equally talented when it comes to the cosplay and the understanding of costumes so top three okay so my top three um i definitely have to oh my god the sailor star girlies are gonna be really really happy um <laughs> so i have to say it's, it's not gonna be any other century and i feel and i feel so bad but there's, bad. A, there's a specific so reason bad. because we have to get into the re- we have to get into the other characters, right? <laughs> so first off, I want to start off with uh, tuxedo comments, but specifically Crystal, not from the '90s, from Crystal. And then the second one, I want to get into Seiya, but I want to get into the Sailor Starfighter costume. And then third of all, Takuya, that's a Takuya. And the reason why I chose these three, um, I'm actually going to choose the fourth one because wait, what one was the third one again? Takia, Princess Takia. Oh, okay. The fourth one, I'm cheating a little bit, but the fourth one is going to be the Moonlight Knight because no one talks about him. Oh wow! Like I was, at ooh. all? Because he only listen. I understand that he only shows up in a filler episode or a filler. Right. I understand that. However, mm-hmm. his, his specific design is not talked about enough. And you know the split that he has from regular Mamo to alternate Mamo, you know, you know, you know, from Mamo who doesn't have his memories to the Mamo who does have his memories and separated. Um, his design, um, well, I will admit, it's a little controversial because you know it is based off of Arabian Nights. Um, I think that is also a, also a very interesting design, um, and I feel like it also deserves a lot more coverage on what it gets, you know. Um, and then the second one that I want to get into is Crystal Tuxedo Common. His suit is very crisp. And I say very crisp from comparison to the 90s to the Crystal, is that in the 90s it's a very generic suit. You know, a very generic suit with, you know, with cake and all of that. Um, but with the Crystal, you know, you have the watch 
detailing there. You have the cape that also looks like it doesn't look bulky, but it looks nice and it fits around his shoulders well. The, the one in the '90s was very bulky, so it makes him look it makes him look bigger than when he actually. Um, which right. isn't a bad thing. It's just the way that they present it. In you know, for example, let's say PTSM, you know, tuxedo comment, and you know the '90s tuxedo comment. Yes, PTSM tuxedo comment. His is a little bulky. It's a little bigger than it should, you know. Right. But it also fits him very well. In the '90s, I feel like it's a little too bulky for him. It makes him look bigger than what he actually is, but not in a very good way. And I don't like it. But with the crystal version, it's a very nice fit very crisp you have the watch you know as i said before that you know holds you know in the body um it's, it's very detailed it's also very very crazy and it just reminds so me of this it is it just reminds me of the silver millennium which i also love so much um and then my third is Princess Kaku, because when you look at Princess Kaku's design you would think you know with the 90s and with the crystal it would like her dress would be like solid red. No, it's not. It has different shades of red. It has a blues in it. It has oranges in it. And, and you know her hair. It's like oh my god. I don't want to talk about that. You don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know the the sheer of her skirt and then her shoes. You can tell that it's like her dress comes from a different culture. You know. But you know the way that they portray it is very pretty, and then you know with the lamp that she has, and you know how she also does. But I just think that her costume is very pretty, and it was very well thought of. Like yes, you know I know it was like made like in the manga, but the way that they portray it, uh, but the release that they got with crystal, and the way that they portrayed it in the '90s was very gorgeous and was very pretty, and I think it was just brilliant. And my fourth is Saya, and I say Saya Star Fighters because yo. D8, like, this <laughs> eight. <laughs> eight with the booty shorts, you know, with the, the skin exposed. I'm the, I, I hate rat tails, and I hate that the, the bangs were so high. But you know what? It is okay because he makes it work. He, he makes it work, you know, with the high bangs, with the rat tail. It looks so good. And the it just pulls together so well with the stars and with the straps. It's it's very it's very fun, and I'm and I'm you know I'm using that word incorrectly, but that's the only way I can come up with it. But it's just, those are my four top favorite costumes. <laughs> and I wanted to include PGSM costumes like the princess Sailor Moon costumes, but I would go with way too much because I literally love way too many, <laughs> and he would literally be <laughs> just ten minutes about me just talking way. about my favorite costumes. I was the exact same. I'm like, oh, I would go into this. Let me get my short answers out of the way. Right. And I think that this is just like a great way for us to be able to give our audience an idea of some of the things that we'll be talking about and the amount of detail that we can go into with these discussions. Um, So for me, I will do a top three and an honorable mention um, because I think it's because I think that. Um, costuming is costuming and fashion is very important in Sailor Moon because Naoko herself was inspired by fashion period when it came to a lot of the character designs that she did um, so top three for me um, number one I would have to say Super Sailor Moon I think uh, and I honestly I, I just like the, the concept of Super Sailor Moon um, 
I definitely see the butterfly motif um, that comes out of that. Um, I definitely like, you know, I would I, I have to say that my favorite version of the Super Sailor Moon costume is the Nail K version of the costume. Yeah, it's um, just because it, le- it adds a level of detail. That's one thing I liked about the Nelke costumes in general is that it wasn't it wasn't like the Bandai costumes that kind of like took their own creative liberties. It took the source and, and embellished it in such a way where it, it paid homage to the original design, but added the level of detail that kind of like gave a sense of realism to it. Um, I, you know, so I think that that definitely stands out for me. Um, number two would probably have to be um, I probably have to say Princess Sailor Moon. I think that, and I say Princess Sailor Moon slash Eternal Sailor Moon because I see a lot of the eternal elements in the Princess Sailor Moon costume: the white and red boots, the navy coloring, the gold lined sailor collar. Um, I think that. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I like Princess Sailor Moon because in a sense it reminds me of the Eternal um, costume and it's probably the closest you'll ever get to a live action version of Eternal Sailor Moon. (laughs) Christ. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I think number three I would have to say the um the Eternal Fuku and not and not just Eternal Sailor Moon. I like the Eternal versions that the other Sailor Guardians get. Mm-hmm. I like the sense of uniformity amongst all of them. There, you know, like I know that some people like the other costumes, like especially their first costume, because there's a lot of individuality in those costumes. Jupiter's flower petal, flower petal belt. Venus's chain, um, you know, Uranus's one, you know, one earring or her hoop earrings, um, Neptune's like choker and her earrings and stuff like that. Sailor Saturn's like, you know, sleeves, um, Sailor Mercury and Sailor Pluto not having sleeves. Um, But I like that unification tends to be the commonality when it comes to how they're evolving as individuals and as a team. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it kind of talks about that in uh, it kind of like it it hints at that evolution when she becomes Super Sailor Moon for the first time in the manga when they all get the heart brooches mm-hmm. and I think that that theme is further expanded when they become Super Sailor soldiers because then they all have in like uniform costumes you know the heart the, the transparent sleeve and the the, col- the sailor collar with the one stripe on it mm-hmm. and the eternal costumes continue that theme where it's like they all have star earrings they're wearing the same boots same gloves so I think that that sense of unity and sense as a team stands out in that respect uh, that was three right yes that was three okay so honorable mention parentheses s mentions um, <laughs> I, hey, I could have went longer. <laughs> uh, I, I was fully prepared to bring things. Right. I'm not going to jump too deep into it, but I, I definitely need some honorable mentions. Um, like Lumi mentioned, the Sailor Starlight's costumes are standouts to me. Honorable mention Sailor Galaxia, um, the Sailor oh, yeah. the Sailor Anima Mates, um, Sailor Kaku. Um, I think that. And I touched on this in my live last night where I was like, I, I like that 
the common theme in their costumes is the sailor collar. Like that's what makes them sailor soldiers is the sailor collar. All the other aspects of their costume is could be whatever. But what makes them sailor soldiers or sailor guardians or sailor scouts or whoever, however you want to call them, is the sailor collar. That's what makes them a sailor. All of the all the rest of it is just frills, which I think was a very cool <laughs> concept that yeah. um, that I that, that I read about. I think it was like on Wiki Moon or something like that, where it's just like the definitive yeah. piece of a sailor soldier's costume is their sailor collar. So I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. So we went over favorite characters, favorite costumes, favorite transformations. Out of so, like this is pretty much across the board. So I don't want to have to like say like every time like it doesn't matter what version of Sailor Moon you're talking about. But what is your favorite arc or season out of all the versions? Like if you had to choose one arc or season to watch, what would you watch? Let's start with Lumi. Sailor Star. No hesitation. Sailor Stars. <laughs> and the reason that I say Sailor Stars is because, listen, while I would love to, while I would love to rewatch the first season and you know we go through the nostalgia that I had, you know, experienced, I have to say Sailor Stars because of you know of all the raw emotion that it had that you know saw me for the first time, you know after meeting Mamo and, you know, getting back together with him, reuniting with him after, you know, her death, that's just so millennium. It's like, this is the first season where she does not have him, like, at all. And I know she's a strong girl. She could, you know, she could do everything by herself. She wasn't relying on him. But she couldn't talk to him. And she was trying to. And, you know, he gave her a promise ring and everything. And they were engaged and they were going to get married when he got back. But... He was dead and she didn't know that and she was basically struggling for an entire season to figure out what was going on with mama why he wasn't responding to her why she was going through all of these things she didn't have mama there with her to you know while she had her own support system be also be her support and then you know to top it off you know why she didn't really mind them she had Saya, you know i'm not talking about my person right now i will get to talking about the, the manga in just a second um but she had this you know this dude who she didn't even know was coming after her even though she was in a relationship um and every time she saw Saya, she was like being like a shadow of mamo you know and then you know with the manga of course you know Saya was you know trying to do her you know the way he they were or she was in the 90s but at the same time she did not have mama everything was raw for her everything was dark for her you know, like, right. and while her friends were in danger of, you know, literally dying at every turn with past villains, especially with, you know, um, with Witch McCullough, with Wise Man and all of that, um, it was different with the Sailor Animes, are they the Sailor Animates or with Celestia's, you know, generals, it was different with them because they were genuinely, like, taking their starfies, which is technically their soul, and killing them, you know, and it came to that one episode, you know, where they take try to take the doggies and that's when princess kaku appears um and that moment will forever be like revitalizing to me especially like 
Um, I want to say probably the other moment that like struck me so hard from the core is probably when Usagi is on the Ferris wheel and Seiya is singing Search for Your Love and he's trying to like, I say he because, you know, in the 90s anime they have Seiya as, you know, both a man who transforms transforms into a woman, even though I already know Seiya is a woman, who's just described as a man. Um, They have Seiya who sings Usagi trying to, you know, deliver a message through their song that hey this is what i am this is where i came from this is the war that i'm involved in this is what you've now been involved in because of what galaxia is doing you know and it was just it was so dark it was so heavy it was so full of raw emotion um that it, honestly it overpowered s like it overpowered s you know with the arc with Hosaru and sailor nothing sailor it just overpowered everything and that will honestly be a season I can rewatch. I can rewatch S, but I probably rewatch Sailor Star today just because of like what was going on and all the you know raw emotion it had and the tone that it had to it and the memory. You know, it was just so good. You know. Okay. What about you, Z? Dark Kingdom all day, every day. It is literally like the foundation and the beginnings of the Sailor Moon story. Um, No matter how that narrative has gotten told, whether it's from the 90s anime, whether it's from PGSM, Crystal, the musicals, that's my favorite version because there's so many different ways that that story can be told Um, with PGSM specifically having different twists and turns with the general story of the Dark Kingdom arc. And I'm gonna leave it there because I can really <laughs> go into it. <laughs> but that's like the Dark Kingdom Marcus. That's, that's that's my favorite. Okay, and I, I honestly, it's like you know, um, Sailor Moon S and the Infinity Arc. I think I, I'm, I'm like unlike you, Z, where it's like any iteration of that story, <laughs> yeah. I can watch. Like I loved. Um, the 90s anime i love the manga version um i love the musical version i love you know like it, it was wait, wait. The, crystal ver- the crystal version was on point too so um even though i wasn't a big fan of crystal season three animation the fact that it was my favorite storyline made up for all of that <laughs> all right so we just talked about our favorite arcs and seasons and which ones we would watch if we could if there was one version we could watch um lumi said sailor stars um z said the dark kingdom arc across any iteration um, and i said um <laughs> infinity s slash infinity arc across any iteration yep, so yes you know because we are avid sailor moon fans um we are very w- well aware of the music and the songs of the series that we have watched. Oh, you know it. So, oh, yes. which version of the show, any which iteration of Sailor Moon, any iteration, has better songs? Oh, I hate you for this. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Yeah, you go first. Um, yeah, you go first. Okay, so... I think okay so I'm going to break this down for you guys and maybe this will help inform your answers um, moving forward so let's talk about let's rank these down so like from 
the most like one like the top has the best and the bottom has the least favorite or the least best songs of that. So um so I would think like on the top I would put for number one, I'll probably say um I have to say the Bandai musicals would probably be the best um when it comes to songs um just because of how long they've been running as well as some of the some they have some really good image songs for the characters um and i think that that was kind of a defining point for sailor moon music wise um i'd say number two would be the 90s anime um there's a lot of good songs that came out of the 90s anime especially out of sailor stars um but there have been some definitive themes and songs that have come out throughout every season um and number three i would have to say pgsm uh, specifically because there are some songs that minako sings throughout the show that are paramount uh to the show um there's also some character songs that appear in the live action and um an honorable mention for me would have to be the nell k musicals because even though the the you know and the reason why nell k is kind of like you know an honorable mention is because their songs were integrated into the story and the dialogue was also sung as songs so while they did have some standout like moments where they had like songs that they would sing the songs were more integrated into the story so it was really hard to single out those um those musical moments because it was pivotal to the story and i'll leave that there and i will pass <laughs> i'll I, 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 okay z's laughing so i'm gonna go with z next oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh dang it you don't have that for yourself. Oh okay, I'll do. I'll, I'll follow the format that you follow. Uh, so number one, I agree with Gigi. Bandai musicals, and I'm biased to the first stage because that's the, the first stage I had ever seen. That has to be top tier Sailor Moon music for me. Um, aside from a lot of the encore songs that they have, like La Moon and stuff, there's just so many beautiful songs that not only storytell, but they kind of stand alone, like how you were mentioning um, when it comes to Nell K stuff, like Double Moonlight Romance, um, Chasing After You. Like there's so there's so many individual songs that you could pick out that just they define moments, they define scenes, they define characters, and it's just it's eloquent. It's so beautifully and eloquently done. You have songs that you can dance to, there's songs that you can cry to, and then there's songs that you just start clapping to. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love how they execute a lot of the Bandai Mew songs with Double Moonlight Romance and Lost Soldier being two of my top faves from Bandai Mew. Two, I would have to say PGSM a second, just because I am a sucker for character slash image songs. I think that's something that a lot of shows and things should really bring back because I love songs that kind of give you an idea about the personality of character. Um, but aside from the character songs, I also really love the instrumentation that they use within the show itself, um, like from the DJ Moon soundtracks that you can listen to. I love how all of the little instrumentals have names. Like I think Usagi's Fun Day is one of them. And I love instrumentation that when you listen to it, you can envision a scene. 
Um, so I don't know the specific name of this particular theme, but the theme that plays whenever they're running and they're about to either call other senshi or they're running and they're going to go get to a yoma. That's one of my favorites. Um, but I love, I love instrumentation like that. Like I'm a, I, I did band. I love instrumentation kind of stuff. Three, I might have to put Nelke musicals at three, just because the songs, in my opinion, might not have been as impactful as the band I muse. Like there's not a whole lot of songs that I could list off the top of my head that I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Like, heck yeah. Um, aside from like, I know Starshine, I know Starshine, <laughs> Music of the Spears. Um, like there, I don't know, to me, there's not a lot of songs that like make me go, ah, within the NLK as much as I love the NLK. Uh, but I think the songs that they do use within the NLK and that they use, um, even like outside of like the main five NLK, like talking about the Nogi Muse and the Super Live, I think it's interesting storytelling. Um, whether it's through instrumentation, whether it's through um, songs where they're literally just talking to each other, like Wish or Nagai, which is within the first musical La Reconquista. Um, I think I think it's cute. I think it's neat. And my honorable mention has to go to the 90s anime music. Um, I think the background stuff's neat. And there's a few character songs that I like from the 90s anime mainly sung by Usagi and Mamoru. I think they're really cute, especially Mamoru's character songs. Uh, I think his voice actor is Toru Furuya. That man can sing. He can sing really, really well. And I'm gonna leave it there before I go into even more detail about songs. Cause I really, music <laughs> is just one of my niches, like having right. studied music and stuff. So I could really go all in, but I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> okay. And what about you, Lumi? Lord, I ain't even ready. Oh. Yeah, I don't even know. Respectfully. Um, I'd probably say the Japanese dub is definitely number one for me, which is, you know, surprising considering I, you know, grew up on the... Can you want to hear me, by the way? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, but mostly for me, so the first one is going to definitely be the Japanese dub. Um, the song, a banger, right? Like the opening, everyone knows the opening, whether it's English or Japanese. But I feel like honestly, the Japanese one is better. And then, you know, you have Tuxedo Mirage. Um, I forgot, I think it's called Anohi. I love that one. I love Anohi. I love Makinai. Makinai is probably like my favorite out of all of them. Cannot beat it. Cannot beat it. Out of all the nice slopes. It does. And here's the thing. I have I have watched the musicals. I watched the first uh Bondi musical. I just watched it because I, I was able to get them watching it. And I don't know. Like respectfully, in my in my opinion, at the very least, like this is you know, I'm not saying that it is the best, you know, I'm not saying it's the best, but I personally prefer the Japanese dub from the nineties version music more. Um it just has so many bangers too, especially with the Tashi I'm probably not saying it right, but the only time I see the title was with the Japanese Kanji. Um, and then I probably have to say my number two is BPSM. Um, and I say that, you know, with Seslavi, Here We Go, um, Usagi Scenes, um, 
and I believe Luna is also my favorite. Um, but I definitely have to say that's the second one, along with, you know, their open. You know, I love that opening. It's so cute. You know, like a little hey, number. So cute. And then I, it is so cute. And then I would probably have to say number three for me goes to and being great instead of hustle. Um, is the ninety sub. <laughs> And why, I say you gotta, why you got why you gotta like why you gotta make it sound like it's adversarial like I just I you just a hater over the power of love I'm not a hater yes you are you are a hater if you love power of love I support you in your that's love. more power to you yes I support you I support uh, uh, power of love is a theme song that a lot of Deke fans like, and I and I'm not taking that away from you guys. It's just not a song that I like. <laughs> no, that's okay. I prefer Moon Revenge over Power Love. <laughs> and Revenge. Like, and oh my, my thing is my Power of Love, ver- like my Power of Love song from the Deke dub is Carry On. Like that was my Power of Love moment. So yeah. I would always pick Carry On before I pick Power of Love. It's just it was a definitive Deke song for me. So, and I think Power of Love tried to like capitalize on Carry On, and it just, just, yeah, it, yeah. It, it just didn't, it just did, it wasn't a bop for me. But if it's a bop for you, I'm all for it. And listen, this, this isn't me like attacking you. This is like me just play saying, yo, you're a hater, you're a hater. Um, because I was talking <laughs> at you from the live last night, like they just looked in front of me. It's so much happened in this live, and I'm so yeah. missing. I'm saying, but I tell you, I swear, it doesn't matter if it's my comment section, it doesn't matter if it's my live. Power of love comes up. So for me, it's like, it just happens. It it just it I I just know it's coming. So when you said power of love, I'm like, okay, there there here we go. <laughs> but no i honestly but while we're here talking about power of love really quick i just want to say i do like moon revenge better than power of love which is why this japanese stuff for like the soundtrack is like number one for me i just included i'm just i'm just putting myself i know i don't have to but i gotta say it power of love i'm just putting there because nostalgia you know i grew up on it of course does that mean it's like my absolute favorite of, of out of all stuff? No. I also prefer the Japanese stuff because you know it's all the you know. But you know, I would have to say like like I said earlier, the Japanese dub, the PGSM, and that you know the Jap- the English stuff, whether that be Cloverway or whether that be the Deep Dub. It's just I love all, all the songs. Like I don't know, it's just all the songs and like all the different dubs and all the different you know basis of it whether they're the musicals the Melky, the Seda, the Bandai musical, PGSM, Crystal. Honestly, I'm not even gonna hold you. I did not like Crystal song. But the only Crystal song that I liked was when they did the rendition of um you know Watashimi Daddy Tate and probably the first opening from I did not like any of the other songs. Oh wait, no. The ending song from season wait, wait, wait. one. Can, can, can I raise you? Can I raise you the character songs that they sang in Crystal? Because A and Dakagatsu Kakeru sang by uh, 
Kenji who plays like, I, 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 I will die on this hill. This is new. Or covering yeah, from China, sang it. by Kotono. Or yeah, no, Cherry Pie, sang by Jupiter. This is new to me. I didn't even know they had. Oh, actually, I didn't even know they had characters. Oh yes. And you know what? I oh, am a little, a little bit of a liar because I do like more oh, songs from do. Crystal. Like you know, with um, <laughs> that that ending with with Uranus and Neptune, and then you know yep. the the first yep. ending, and, and then I don't. I'm also a little bit of a liar. I did not like the first opening that much in season one, but I did through. I think all the songs that I loved were literally the, the ending songs. And that is so bad, but no, I don't care. Okay. The ending song for the first movie, um, and then you know. Season two, the ending, I think is that was called, and then season one, the ending. But like I said, my my top three, my top three will be the Japanese dub, PGSM, and then you know, the English dub for the song. But I'm not even gonna hold you. I did not know there were character songs for the song, and I'm gonna have to do more research into that because oh, I, I've been I got missing you. It. They're so like they released a whole album for like the first oh season because the, the generals have a character song that the four of them sing together. Um, the they have that album. Yeah, they've actually been releasing character albums for like most of the seasons, and I know the movies as well because they have a character album or like an album in general for the Eternal movie. Because um, mm-hmm. all the century they have character songs for that. So if, if you ever want to know more Crystal songs, I'm oh, here. I, I, I got you. Hook me up. Hook me up. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, this is a great this is a great segue into our next question because we talked about the songs, but we want I you know I definitely want to talk about which iteration of Sailor Moon had the best background music. Ooh. And I think, and I'm going to start with this because um, I think that you know your comments about not knowing about the crystal music kind of like hits the nail on the head when it comes to instrumentation um, that Z was talking about too. So for me, Crystal ranks pretty low on my list when it comes to background music because music was not as big as a proponent as it could have been in Crystal, in my opinion. Um, And I think that that also speaks to why a lot of people don't know about the image songs and stuff like that. Like, you know, because outside of like the opening themes and ending themes they didn't really have the space or the opportunity to play character songs like that throughout the show which was kind of like 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 in show promotion to buy the albums they were just kind of like releasing the albums with the image songs and stuff like that on there you know because people are sailor moon fans they'll buy the merchandise um but i do like compared to the 90s um, anime, I feel like uh, specifically the Japanese, like they didn't really tie in the music as well as they could have in Crystal Eternal or even um, uh, in Crystal Eternal, I mean. So, um, and I think like outside, like the theme songs tend to be pushed a lot because they're being sang by famous groups. So it's like Momoclo, um, they did Moon Pride, they did the opening for. Um, Crystal season three, and they did Moon. Uh, was it Moon Color Shane on for Eternal? They also like, sang Gecko. Ask, yes, and they also sang Gecko at the end of the first. It was the first two seasons of Sailor Moon Crystal. Yeah. Um, and outside of those um, instances, there wasn't really. And Chibiusa also had an ending song 
at the end of Crystal that I think also went over everybody's head too because it's like I don't think people really paying attention like that um, yeah. so when it comes to instrumentation in Becker music and I'm kind of glad that you mentioned that Z is that I think the music plays a pivotal role in, in, in those visual cues like soundtrack is very important to um, television and movies and I think that when you because when you said oh I like the running the theme the, the theme that they play in the background when they are running towards battle I know exactly what I know exactly what song you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's like I think that Salem and Crystal kind of like dropped the ball when it came to the mute they have. And don't get me wrong, Crystal has some really good emotional cues. Like there's this there's this emo there's this music cue that they play, and it really stood out to me when the outer senshi were explaining to sailor moon how sailor saturn destroyed silver millennium and there's this very sad violin music that was playing that really stuck out to me that's what made me that's what made me go and download the crystal soundtrack especially uh, for the score because mm-hmm. i really like that theme and i liked the song the music that played when usagi or super sailor moon was telling mamaru that she would be by his side in eternal mm-hmm. even though he was sick um, that was very. It, it, that was that was a very like like that's on my top twenty five on my iPod because that's how much I listen to that song. Nice. Um, but rank wise, I think that the nineties anime kind of like tops out the list when it comes to background music because they had the same composer throughout the entire show, and he was iconic when it came to the music that he came up with and the instrumentation that he used throughout the 90s anime so i I mean it's it speaks volumes to the level of instrumentation that this composer put into the 90s anime and there are themes that are that will still like resonate with fans today um i think next i think behind the 90s anime would have to be pgsm um just I, I think it really took cues from the 90s anime when it came to instrumentation and they really they had the you know this composer that did it was amazing the, like there are specific cues that are played that you instantly know something's going down mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and I think that honestly it's like those are the only two that kind of like stand out to me Band like even like Bandai and Nelke musicals, even Nogi are more known for their songs more than they are for their background music. And I think that and even like because I have all the musical soundtracks and I even have the background music. Mm-hmm. And even the background music are reprisal themes of existing songs. So it's like when like I think like during the Dracul arc there is a specific theme but it's a deep version of last change which is sailor moon's image song yeah um so i think that you know the, the musicals kind of like rank low on the list for me because the there's they're not really focused on background music they're more focused on the actual songs more than anything else even though they have background music it's it's it's, it's a shadow in comparison to the song so it's like I couldn't. I can't recall a single. Like the only thing that I can recall from the musicals 
are um, Hinch and Less Soldiers, which is the transformation music for Sailor Moon. Yeah, <laughs> other that's than that, a good one. Like, yeah, and that's a really good one. But other than that, like it's like it's pretty like there's not there's a there's only a few cues that I can recall from the musical that were pivotal moments for me. And I will and Z, you're pretty good. You're pretty like. I could tell you're itching, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> She's ready. You were smell the anti You're correct. From me. You are correct. I'm very, I'm itching. I'm itching. Uh, so number one for me, no contest, is, is PGSM. I, I am a sucker for instrumentation, and I'm more so a sucker for instrumentation that can help tell a story, because I believe that music is another form of storytelling and telling a narrative that can enhance the story that's already happening. It can contrast the story. Like music can do so many things. Um, and I think the music in PGSM, whether it is like the princess harp that plays, which is so melodramatic and you could do a whole conversation about that harp music um, or songs where you're just sitting and Usagi's eating leg- lettuce um, or cabbage because she's training her body for resistance stuff. I think each little little tidbit of a song that they play within PGSM is impactful. And, and it's cute. It's very cute and it fits the tone of the show. I think all of the little instrumentation that they use fits the tone of the show very well. So that's number one for me. Number two has to be the 90s. Um, I love the way that 90s music sounds within 90s anime, and Sailor Moon is no exception to that. I love a lot of the background uh, music that they use within the 90s. It's very, like, it feels nostalgic. Like, it, it feels like when you put on one of the songs, you could just sit and unwind and just relax, genuinely relax. And it just, it gives this old-timey feel, but not, like, in a bad way. Like, it's very, it's a very reminiscent kind of feel to me. And then third, I have to put Crystal at three, just because I feel like the music within Crystal is more orchestral. Because I've downloaded all of season one's instrumentation, and the, the music is much more orchestral than I'd say it is within its um, PGSM and 90s anime counterparts. Like uh, Tetsudo Mask's theme or Mamoru's theme, for example, it's, it's a lot of piano and it's very soft, but I feel like even within the notes that's played, it tells the story of Mamoru. Um, and I think that's it, it, it also kind of goes to show that like music doesn't have to be like a butt ton of things sounding and making a whole lot of sounds. It could be like one to two instruments because I could tell a story just as much as like a whole band can. And I think uh, Crystal's music is very simplistic in nature, which is not a bad thing. Um, but I think even it has its buildups, like to the final battle music, um, for example, that plays. It's very like, ah, 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 ah. They use a lot of choral stuff. They use a yeah, lot, a lot of, of vocalizations, stuff. for sure. <laughs> yeah. I definitely pick up on the vocalizations, for sure. Uh-huh. So it's Crystal is simplistic and orchestral in nature to me, but that's not a bad thing. So that would be my top three. And I agree with putting like the musicals at the bottom just because they're they're more sing-songy, like the focus is more on the songs. There isn't a lot of background music going on. If there is, I would see it more so within like the band I muse, um, like little things playing in the background. But and I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in that for now. <laughs> And what about you, Lumi? I'm not even going to hold you. 
I got caught up in Zeta's response again. I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the background music um, in the iterations of Sailor Moon. So, um, so basically, from your from basically top three, like who do you think has the best background music, and you know, and then go from there. Z gonna love me for this. Uh, EPSM <laughs> definitely at number one. Definitely at number one. Um, it's just you know when you think of like it's, it's a specific thing where it's like yeah, you you know exactly what I'm butchering it, but it's like it's that specific thing where it's like something like monumental happens to Kagi or like something heartfelt happens that being plays and it's just like oh I don't know it's like it, 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 it sounds kind of cheesy but it's like it, 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 it gets um stuttering a lot working these fractals um it just it puts like a certain feeling in your mind and, and, and in your body and it's just like it makes you feel all warm inside and I absolutely love it and then you know like how Z was saying you know this is gonna be number two um Crystal is my number two because while the music is very instrumental, and while I did also not really like the music crystal all that much, um, I did love the background music. Um, because like you were saying, you know, Mamoru is it's, it's very soft. It has a piano tone. It's like, it's a piano, but it's like, it has a very soft tone to it. And I love the orchestral, like, musical background, especially because, you know, I'm an orchestra kid. I did orchestra literally since fourth grade graduating. Um, so I love the music that is used in Crystal and the different songs that they use for it and the different backgrounds and how it's used in each scene and like, you know, how any background music can set a tone. But I feel like Crystal does a really, really good job with it, especially PTSM. Um As for a top, as for a third one, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like those are probably like the only two that I really like come to mind that I really love, honestly. I mean, the 90s, no, I say the 90s a lot. Cause like the musical, the musicals do really, really good with it too. But at the same time, it's like, I feel so bad for not mentioning musicals, especially because I only just got into them. Like I just finished the first song that I won. Like that I just started off with that one. So I'm, I am gonna have to say it, and I am sorry. Um, That's okay. Because I on, honestly, I, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good. Okay, because I feel like when I like watch more of the musicals, my answer will definitely change. Um, but for right now, I'm gonna have to go with the 90s, 70s, 90s as my third. Um, but like I said, like I don't really have a third favorite. It's just like PGSM and then Crystal are just like my favorite in terms of the background because they do a really, really good job with it. Okay, and I just want to like make an honorable mention for the Deke Dub because they were really good about they they took a Japanese theme song and made a very catchy English theme song out out of that. Um, but I think that there are some cues in the deep dub that evoked um, certain mentality. I mean, or, you know, a certain a certain mentality or certain emotions. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely some standout themes um, when it comes to the deep dub 
but the one thing that kind of like got me about the deep dub because a lot of people are like deep dub is superior has superior music and it's just like you know com- you know compared to crystal and the japanese version the deep dub ranks pretty low on the list because it was literally one guy with a keyboard <laughs> coming, up, <laughs> coming up with this music yeah. and, and the music was good but Crystal and the the Japanese anime, even um, PGSM, had actual orchestras, <laughs> and they were <laughs> releasing like albums of this music. Whereas, you know, the score, like the score, the, the score, the background music for the deep dub was very limited. Um, it was kind of like one note for me, like. <laughs> so it was very one note for me. Um, I think that you know it definitely could have built on the themes that it already had, um, but I think that for the most part, it was it was it was in it was in line with Power Rangers of the of you know like the first season of Power Rangers, where it's like they had those solid themes that resonated with that first season. And the, mm-hmm. But it didn't go beyond that, so that's why I wanted to make an honorable mention for um, that. So we talked about we talked about favorite characters, transformations, costumes, seasons, music, and since we talked about all that, and you've had time to ruminate on some of these things, what is your favorite Sailor Moon song from? Sarah Miyu, the 90s anime, PGSM, and Sailor Moon Crystal slash Eternal. So one song from each iteration. I know you won't have a lot to go off of, Lumi, but um, if you- Yeah, I was gonna say, you just did it dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Joking, of course. So um, I'll I'll go first, uh, just to kind of, you know, and you guys can kind of go from there, okay? okay? So, Sarah Miyu, I honestly, like, honestly, there's a lot of Sarah Miyu songs that I like. Um, so if I was going to go with one song, one song. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> one song from Sarah Miyu, I would have to say Chronos Guardian from uh, Petit Echange, uh, sung by Sailor Pluto. Um, I think it was a very powerful image song for Sailor Pluto. Um, it is definitely a standout for me. Um, a song from the 90s anime and this can be Deke or the Japanese version Lumi um, <laughs> but I think I think from the 90s anime I would have to say my favorite song is um, um, Anata no Seijinai which is It's Not Your Fault um, by Emi uh, Shinohara, who plays Sailor Jupiter, um, that's probably like my favorite Sailor Jupiter image song from the anime, and I can listen. To, it's very jazzy, very mellow. I, I can listen to that song like all day long. Um, PGSM, I would have to say um, "Romance" um, by Ayaka Komatsu, who plays Sailor Venus. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite songs from the show. Um, and Sailor Moon Crystal slash Eternal, um, I'm kind of torn, but I'm going to go with the Tuxedo Mask closing song for season three. I would have to say that that's probably like my favorite song from Crystal. Okay. 
and eternal and, 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 as, and, as, and i'll give you one honorable mention and i'll say from eternal moon color shane on was really good too <laughs> and i'm gonna pass it to lumi because i want to hear these answers <laughs> <laughs> okay i was like i was hoping it was gonna be me okay so starting off with the musical is just to get that out of the way um this is mostly the fall i'm gonna say i know sun starshine or i know sunshine uh, um, it's my fault <laughs> yeah it's your fault because you always humming it you always posting it i'm like I don't know what you mean. I can literally go right now. Literally go right now on your page and see, just see how many times you've posted it. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, you just got that stuff in my head. And I want you to know that it is 100%. So really, your fault. Good. (laughs) Case in point. Next one. Uh, 90s, whether that be from uh, the Japanese or the uh, English of the you don't come for me because you might be a little surprised. You might be a little surprised. It's a search for your love. (laughs) Hard. And it was a hard it is, and it was a hard choice between that one, Makinai, and Tuxedo Mirage. And The Power of Love, of course. And The Revenge. I was like, I was trying to figure out, oh my god, I have to choose between all of this. What the hell do I pick? And I was like, listening to all of them, and I was trying to figure out what hit the most. And honestly, it was Search for Your Love. You know, just because of that scene with Thea, and you know, how passionate they are. Like, I just, I just love them. I just love them. And then if I have to say from PPSM, Beth Lovey, hands down, always, 100%. Uh, Minako, she ate that. She was so cute with that. I do not know the actor's name, and I feel so horrible for that, and I'm going to fix that. Um, but I do love the way that she put her voice into that and the, the different you know, vocal ranges that she used for it, which, you know, there isn't a lot, but I still do love it. And if I had to say with Crystal, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna be a little cheater. Okay? Okay, don't come for me, all right? Um, from a channel, it's what I need to be touching. You will always hear that song in my mouth. And then from Crystal, it's Gecko Mubo. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are my favorite. Tell us what you got. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So from. The musicals, which is incredibly hard because there's so many different eras of musicals and I can't just pick one singular song. But if I had to pick one, it, it's Double Moonlight Romance. All the way. All the way. It's a, it is a beautifully, eloquently done song. It, it invokes, I feel like it invokes like the romantic. Uh, vibes, for lack of better words, that Sailor Moon has. It's such a oh, it's so beautiful. I won't go into it, but it's so beautiful. The Moonlight Romance. That's that's my favorite musical song. Uh, for PTSM, I love Friends. I, I I think it's a really nice song, and there's little tidbits that I hadn't heard before when I've been re-listening to it, and it makes me cry harder because it's like oh, like it's such it's such an encompassing song. I feel like it's a really good song that kind of conveys everything that happens within the show. So Friend is my favorite from PGSM. From the 90s anime, it's Tuxedo Mirage. 
uh, <laughs> from, and I'm gonna leave it at that. From <laughs> from Crystal, since we're uh, differentiating Crystal and Eternal, I don't really have a favorite for Eternal. If I'm gonna be honest, but from Crystal, it's A and Dakagaf with Oriwa Kakeru. Like the pseudo masks ending song is elite, and I will never forget waiting for that full song to be released when they did that ending. Like. That's my favorite. An honorable mention. Honorable mention has to go to Lost Soldier. Because that is, in my opinion, the Seira Mew anthem. It doesn't <laughs> matter what version. Like, literally, actually, literally, it does not matter what version of the musical you watch, you will find that song. Yes. Because I think they've done it in every single, aside from like the, the Shining Tokyo Cafe place, um, I think they've done that in every single version of. Seiramu, like even at the musical festival, they sang Lost Soldier. So that's an honorable mention. Now I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave okay. it there. <laughs> okay, so keeping with the songs, um, the next, so we talked about background music. Is there, and I'm not gonna say you had to list one for each iteration like we did for the songs, but is there a specific piece of background music that just says something to you from any iteration of Sailor Moon that you just like love and I'll start with this because I'm not I'm not gonna like name a whole bunch of them but I think that's um a couple of stand like I think a standout background music for me is called the melody that overflows from massive troubles and it's a PJSM music piece and it plays at very pivotal moments very emotional moments like when um Sailor Mars finds out like when she's grieving when Minako passes away um when she has to fight Endymion at the end of PGSM um mm-hmm. it played when Jupiter tried to sacrifice herself it was just a very emotional piece of music that I just love to this day and do you know that I had to wait <laughs> I had to wait for the Moonlight Real Girl music CD box to come out before I, I downloaded every DJ Moon trying to find this song. And I did not get it until that box came out. So oh I think that goodness. that's why it stands out to me because not only did I love, I love the music so much, but I literally had to wait so long to get it. I will open it up to either one of you to answer next. <laughs> Z, you go next. Dang. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, Linda's gonna make me go. I can feel it. Um, I think one song that stands out to me. It's I don't know the name of it, and it kind of, it might have been something that you said, G. But it's the song I remember it playing. It's like a it's like a flute melody that plays in. And it's like, and then like the piano comes at the end. That has to be it for me because it's it's like a song that I feel plays a lot when there's moments of solitude when it comes to any of the characters. But I kind of envision Ami knitting like the sweaters and stuff that she knitted, or when Usagi's like sitting by herself reflecting, or Mamoru when he's staring off into whatever he wants to stare off into. Um, I have to say that one. That that one, I feel like that one is like my theme music sometimes when I'm sitting by myself and I'm thinking and I hear that playing in the background. 
Okay. What about you, Lumi? Yeah, your uh, turn. I want. You know what? <laughs> you had a thought in that one sentence. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say the song that probably sticks out to me. Um. Hmm. Oh, I can think of it. Um. So you know that it's in Taylor Stars. Um. You know that song where not that song, that scene where Usagi and Seiya are on the rooftop and he finally learns that Mamo is bro has kicked the bucket. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, that, that song from that specific scene. That when he asks, like, am I not good enough? That song just stuck out to me so much. That like if I if I hadn't seen Sailor Stars, right? If I hadn't seen Sailor Stars and I were to like choose a background song that like stuck out to me, um it would probably be when, you know, um, the, who is it? Usagi is like, she lost all her friends and Ray is the only one left. And that song plays. That would be what sticks out. But after Taylor starts, no, it's that specific scene where they're on the rooftop and that song plays and he asks, or they ask, am I not good enough? Okay. Bro. I cried. I cried. I like, I couldn't stop crying. I cried for like a good solid 10, 15 minutes. I was so upset. I was distraught. <laughs> not distraught. I was emotional right. Distraught. Bro had me like, bro had me blinking away in the tears like this. It burned. It did burn. It hurt. Quietly it hurt sliding so down the wall. <laughs> I still have a video of that. I hope you know that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I need that. I need that. so um so we've been talking about like some of our favorites and stuff like that so um next question is what is your most liked version of sailor moon and what is your least liked version of sailor moon and I'm going to keep oh, it in those two. I'm going to keep it in those two categories um, because there's so many iterations, so many dubs to really choose from. So I don't really want us to have to go through every iteration or every you know version. So I kind of like want to keep it at your most liked version and your most and your least liked version. And I'll start about just to give you an idea of like what I'm talking about. So I would have to say like my most liked version of Sailor Moon would have to be. Um, the Japanese 90s anime, I just think that, I think because it has such a definitive impact on me as a person and, um, you know, music-wise, story-wise and stuff like that, I think that that's probably like a standout for me. Oh, this least one though is tough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it's like, even though I say it's like least liked, I would probably have to say like it would probably be like a version that I would like, that I would put off watching. Like I wouldn't like, like it's, 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 it's not to say that I don't like it. It's not to say that I hate it or anything like that. So I don't want people to, it's like definitely take it with a grain of salt. It's not, it's not that deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just gives you an idea of our perspectives and stuff like that. So it's like 90s and 90s Japanese anime is definitely at, at the top for me. Um, 
And I'm probably going to take a page out of Lumi's book and kind of cheat on this. <laughs> um, um, but I honestly will not, I like, I like pretty much all versions of Sailor Moon, but I probably like if the least, like if, if I, if I'm going to put it off, I'm not going to, if this is the last thing I'm going to watch, it's going to be an English version of the show. I will put it off. I will put off watching it to the last minute. Like I will not, like I will watch it eventually, but it won't be anytime soon. <laughs> and I'll let nope. Lumi answer next. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm probably going to say the same thing. Honestly, I was literally going to say the same thing and then you said it and I was just like, oh, what a, oh, Um, But no, for real, like if I were to start with the police, it would be the victim. And, and I say that because even though I grew up on it, even though it's nostalgic for me, it just has so many issues. Like, it has so many things that I hate about it. And it's just, like, if, if I had to rewatch it for the first time, or if I had to, like, choose, like, which I would watch for the first time I were to rewatch, it would definitely not be the, the deep dub. Like, it would not be my first choice, like, at all. Um, because I want to experience Sarah Moon in this whole entirety. And you can't really do that with the deep dub. You can't experience every the whole story that's really happening. You can't experience the whole movie, you know? But I feel like if I were to choose like my top favorite that I would absolutely rewatch wholeheartedly, it'd be the Japanese night the ninety seven dub. Because like I said, you get the whole thing right there for you. You get the mood, you get the tone, you get everything, you get the whole story, you know? And even though it has filler, even though it you know, it has all that those bits to like extend the story, it has like stuff in there that's not even canon to the manga, like L and on, you know? It still has, like, it still has so much to it that just brings it together. And I'm going to bring in an honorable mention, um, and it's going to be the PGSM. Because it was a little bit of a hard, it was a hard choice to me between PGSM and, you know, the 90s anime, because I've rewatched both so many times. Like, I've probably, honestly, I've probably rewatched PGSM more, but that was back when they had the whole playlist on YouTube for both versions, you know, but they don't anymore, unfortunately. Um, but if I were to go back to that time and choose what to rewatch for the first time, um, or just to rewatch in general, you know, it would definitely be the 90s anime. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, and to kind of like add on to your honorable mention, as, as, especially about like the deep dub, and I don't want I don't want our deep dubs fans or their Cloverway fans to feel some type of way about this, but there are mm-hmm. some key and pivotal specific moments that I love in the Deke dub and in the Cloverway dub that I felt were executed excellently. And I think that while I may not want to watch the show like like how I had to back in the day, I will go back and watch certain moments of the show because they were so cool. Like I will always go back to the first season of Deke Doug to hear Terry Hawk say that I'm Sailor Moon, Princess of the Moon Kingdom, and your worst nightmare. Like, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just like I, I, you know, and I, I think that that's, you know, like I think that people tend to like lump Deep Dub into this, you know, dumpster fire of a mess, and it, it, it wasn't that. Um, I think they had limited material mm-hmm. to work with, and a lot of editing that they had to work with, and. 
even with that limitation, they still shined in some of the moments. And there were some really powerful performances that came out of that show. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people still cling onto it. I mean, this show, the, the Deke Dub specifically, is over, it's like over a decade old, like 20, like 20, 30 years old. And um, I think that, and I, yeah, and I think that the fact that people still call them Sailor Scouts and they still call them Serena and Darian and stuff like that goes to show how much of it, it, it goes to show how much of an impact it had. Um, it goes to show how much of an impact it had on those individuals. And for me, it would be it would be remiss of me, Moonlight Justice as a whole, or anybody mm-hmm. else to take away from those fans of that show because it it you know just like people were so emotional over hearing "Search for Your Love" in the new Sailor Moon Cosmos trailer, people feel that same well, way about the. And people feel the same way about Power of Love. So, like, for me, it's like, it may not be as impactful or as important to me, but it is important to somebody else. And I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to start Moonlight Justice is the fact is that you don't have to, excuse my language, shit on other people to get your preferences and your opinions across because what what you may not like about about that particular iteration it's somebody's joy you know it's somebody else's joy and we don't ever want to stomp on that and so it's like it just i think that one things that you know we are doing as part of moonlight justice is that we're providing a space where it's like you know you're allowed to love these things you're allowed to love your ships and your favorite music or your favorite version of sailor moon without it being a divisive controversial thing and I think that that's very is a very important message that we are trying to relay. So I'm glad that you kind of mentioned that. And with that, I kind of want to get off the soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to pass it to Z, most liked version and least liked version. And we, you know, like, like we said, take it with a grain of salt, people. It's not definitive. <laughs> okay, I'll keep it short and sweet. Most liked PGSM least liked 90s anime okay yeah not, 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 not to say that like there's stuff <laughs> I don't like about the 90s anime but no you're good. Like- I just have a good question okay. I just I just want to know because I'm, I'm a little curious which one are you talking about specifically I mean the 90s anime as a whole oh like like when it comes to like when we're talking about like rewatching stuff that is the version that i watch the least like if anything i watch like certain episodes out of the right. whole like i wouldn't binge it like i would pgsm for example or, all like, 200 episodes <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like i because i've seen i've watched shows that have like a butt ton of episodes and i don't mind binging them like detective conan um <laughs> but the 90s anime is just i watch it when i feel like it I guess that makes sense. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That makes sense, and that's perfectly valid. I was just wondering if you meant like as a whole, oh, or if you like like yeah. specific like, You just said that ninety man. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So, speaking of, you know, the 90s anime and Crystal, which version of the show has better animation? And I will, and I will kick this one, I'll kick this one off for you guys. So, it's, it's a very, it's a very tough line to follow. Um, because the one thing I liked, so, and I, and I think, the, and I think the way that I answer this will probably like help you guys, because I don't want this to be like one is superior than the other. I think it's just a matter of preference and kind of like uh, details. And so I'm kind of like gonna like kind of like dissect this in in, in a Z type style. Um, <laughs> so, so the one thing I like about the '90s anime is that. You could tell the difference in the animation. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a consistent style throughout the entire show. There were specific animators with a specific style that did these episodes. So you and so like um, back in the day, like there were people that had favorite animators and sometimes their animators kind of like dictated like what episodes that they liked because their animator animated that episode. Um, and I think that uh, it definitely had it was ground like Salem Moon animation back in the 90s was groundbreaking for what it was um, and the character design was handed from one animator to the next so it was like for the first two seasons it was Kazuko Tadano who would come back to do Eternal and Cosmos um, Ikuko Ito who was my favorite animator did the character design for S and Supers. And uh, Katsumi Tamagai did the character design for Sailor Stars. And I think it's just like, I think that those individuals, uh, those animators, like, had a very niche style that they drew in that, like, it's kind of like, uh, almost like being an, like an artist. Like, you know a Beyonce song when you hear a Beyonce song, or you know a John Legend song, or you know... A Lady Gaga song. I think that that's how that animation was kind of like spoken to back in the day. Like all the movies were done by uh, the Sailor Moon movies were done by his like were character designed by Hisashi Hisashi Kagawa, uh, with the exception of Kazuku Tadano, who did the character design for the R movie. Um, I think it's very interesting to see the dynamics in the '90s anime animation compared to Crystal. Um, Crystal tried to go for that pre-cure consistency when it comes to animation. So um, I know that when they first started, Crystal had a very, very strong detail and animation style that which which is what attracted me to Crystal in the first place was the fact that it wasn't like the 90s anime animation and it had a very distinct style similar to the manga. So when I saw the first, when I saw the trailer and the first episode, I had really high hopes for the animation because it was so detailed and it paid homage to the 90s anime, right? But then I think because of demand and the urgency to get this out within a such within a tight deadline because remember in the 90s anime you were getting one episode a week on Saturdays in Japan so compared to that and then now nowadays where it's like you're literally getting batches of episodes 
in one sitting. So I think that 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 increase in demand to get it out now kind of affected the production value for Crystal, which is why the animation kind of like ebbed and flowed throughout the first two seasons. Uh, Crystal season three kind of like took that input and kind of like turned it on its head and they came out with a different animation style, which was more consistent. But I also feel like it was like not as high high in production value as like the first episode of Crystal season one. Um, and then taking it, take again that input again, the production values went up and now we have the movies where we have more details, eye details, um, coloring, um, more graphics and stuff like that. So I think it's like, and I think the evolution of Crystal into Eternal and Cosmos kind of like shows like how much input is taken in by fans now, whereas compared to the 90s anime where fans were just itching to have a new episode come out and they weren't complaining about things like, oh, the animation is not consistent or, and the demand was you were at the mercy of the anime company. Like you had to wait for them to get the product done. It wasn't a matter of trying to get it all out in a timely manner because because of the way streaming is now. And I know that was a long winded answer. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to get out the, get out the box again. <laughs> And I'm going to I'm going to turn it over to Z because I feel like she has some notes for me. <laughs> yeah, you started talking about streaming stuff, and my mind went, "Ooh, this is my area of expertise." Um, I guess talking about animation, I, I love how how uh, you analyzed the '90s anime. I have to agree. I think the color scheme. So I think colors definitely play a factor into how things are animated. You just want to make sure that everything is looking nice, for lack of better words. I think the color scheme is really, really nice in 90s anime. Everything's very fluid. Um, it's like, like, like I mentioned before, it's nostalgic. Like when I watch the 90s anime, you can, it's definitive. You can tell it's from the 90s, and I love, I love that. I think that's really, really cool. I don't have too much to say on that. Um, Crystal, <laughs> on the other hand, um, it, it went through a lot of different art styles and art changes. And that's something I'm personally used to because there's a lot of shows that I grew up watching where season one had an art style and then it went to something entirely different for the second season. Um, so that was something that I, I personally didn't mind because like, oh, it's just kind of like this show. Um, but I, I do like the detailing that they did in the first season. And I liked uh, how it came out of the manga, essentially, when it comes to the color scheme of the fufus. Um, the background designs of the transformation sequences. Like everything was like everything was detailed and everything like every stroke every like little cell animation or whatnot it was there for a reason and it was it was intentional that's the word it was intentional and then season two was season two <laughs> and then <laughs> season I'm, I'm, I'm stream of conscious thinking um and then season three i, I agree with how you said it kind of tried to, to pick up based off of the 
the the comments and critiques that were given based upon the first two seasons and i feel like the it, it didn't get to the bar honestly till eternal and cosmos because I, I think by then they really had their style solidified and they kind of like they're sticking with it they're sticking with it um and you started talking about streaming so i'm gonna talk about streaming for a second because i remember <laughs> watching crystal when it came out i'm not sure um because it, it came out every week if i'm not mistaken i'd watch it like every monday at 10 30 in the morning yes. so yes um, i'm not <laughs> i'm not entirely sure how it works when it comes to you know episodes were being made and produced at the time because i i'd like to imagine that they had all the episodes done and they were just releasing them in a linear format um we're now in a more non-linear age of things which is why we have uh cosmos and turtle oh my goodness i'm a, I'm, a, I'm not gonna dwell too long on that um but I, I think I think I lean a bit more towards the '90s anime, just the snitch. Yeah, and I and just to kind of like add like a little note to the Crystal animation, um, the and I and I and and this is to this relates to any anime. It's not just specific to Sailor Moon, um, because Bleach is going through a whole reanimation process right now. Mm-hmm. So, They're like like yeah. Uh, oh, I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, and I, I'll make this point and I'll let you go ahead with that. But I think that when Sailor Moon Crystal first came out, it was like watching, it was like literally watching a TV airing of the show. So that it was it was full of errors and animation mistakes. And even like back in the 90s, we had like even the X-Men cartoon had its wonky animation moments when it first aired for the first time. But on the back end, Sailor Moon Crystal, when they started releasing the Blu-rays of Crystal, they were correcting it on the back end. So um, when the first two seasons of Sailor Moon Crystal came out, there's a website dedicated to showing the comparisons between the first released version of Sailor Moon Crystal and the Blu-ray version of Sailor Moon Crystal. And so there's a lot of corrections. Granted, they didn't correct everything, but there's a lot of animation corrections to the show, which I do appreciate them doing. Um, and it also shows the difference because I think, Hulu, I think Hulu and Netflix both have Crystal on their platforms. But yes. the distinct difference between the two is Netflix has the first airings of Crystal while Hulu has the Blu-ray version. Huh. So people are going to watch Crystal on Netflix and they're going to see what it looked like when it first came out, whereas people on Hulu are seeing the finished Blu-ray product. So I think that's also worth noting as well. That's interesting. Oh, were you going to let me have the floor for a moment? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was just going to add that like, we, we're kind of in this age of a lot of anime shows, what have you, getting rebooted and, and getting like new animation styles and stuff. Because you talked about Bleach. I was going to bring up Fruits Basket. Because um, Fruits Basket got a reboot and it got three whole seasons. And the art style within Fruits Basket is, oh, it's drastic from the 2001 uh, anime 
but it, it closely i feel like it closely resembles the manga in a, in, a, in a thing so i think i think i think sailor moon crystal was at least one of the animes in a way that kind of started pivoting and ushering this eventual era of all these shows getting reboots and getting their stories fully retold because i think the last anime i can think of off the top of my head that did that is like full metal alchemist brotherhood because a lot of shows just weren't really doing that it was kind of you got your two seasons and that's it and then sailor moon crystal comes out and it's like ooh, ooh. so i think i think that's something to take note of as well Right. That's all I had to say. Okay. And Lumi, what I think are your I, thoughts? Yeah. Oh, um, I was gonna say I wanna say maybe in terms of animation, I want to say that I'm gonna go with Crystal on this one. And I say Crystal because I remember when the first teaser for Crystal came out. Um, I remember like, you know, when you know the, the Twitter announcement came out, I remember when the music video came out, I remember all of that. I was there for that. And I was, you know, I was there when it first came out. I was like, ooh, this is nice. Like I really liked it. And the, one of the reasons why I was so forward for personal animation was how the video was, you know. And when I first saw Crystal, I was also first on getting to the manga. So I saw like how Usagi's hair was done. I saw like how the details were done. I was like, oh my God, this is literally so pretty. And for what? Um, and I feel like I'm honestly kind of sad because the way that they progressed with the animation, like you guys had said, both of the they were trying to get their footing. Um, it did not help that, you know, the fans were being a little a little judgmental like they were being i wouldn't maybe not even judgmental but they were being a little harsh in my opinion and i feel like that's going to raise a couple of controversies but i do feel like they were being a little harsh especially because these were people who did not have their hands on good in the first place and yes they did bring back some people but they originally did not like as a whole collectively did not originally have their hands on like the original so and I feel like it's honestly, I feel like if they had stuck with the animation for the first season, right? And if they just, just collected it, it honestly would have been fine. You know, I think fans would have been happy. I think it was just the animation errors. And I think it's the fact that it was just the CGI that they just did not like. Which I feel like when you look at, um, like you said, like reboots of anime now, like for example, over Trigon into this and how Trigon's new um, reboot is CGI and how well they did. I feel like Crystal was able to expand more on the CGI that they had did. It could have been better. Was the animation in season one perfect? Especially, you know, with the transformation scene? No. No, it was not. But, you know, they were getting there, you know? And then, you know, when they eventually got to season three, we don't talk about season two. We're not talking about it. <laughs> When you talk about season three, you can start to see where they're like, okay, they're starting to fully, like, instead of dipping their toe in the water, they're fully dipping their whole leg in the sand, you know? And then, you know, they come up with the final product for animation style and eternal, and it's just like, yeah, that's it, that's their style. And now you see Cosmos, and it's like, yeah, they stand more on that, and that's their style. But I feel like, honestly, I feel like Crystal could have been so much more if I honestly, and I'm tagging the fans for this one because I did not like how, you know, originally, you know, it's always the the animation company gives it to you and you just gotta take it, you know? But this time it was reversed. Like the fans are just like, 
bam, 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 coming for the animation company, both in English and in, you know, yeah, they did. And they ended up listening to them and it just went over there. Um, but I will say that, like, if none of that happened, and if, you know, they just let the anime, animation company be, they would have been just fine. They really would have been just fine. We would have gotten something better than you. Yeah. But, you know, I am going to stick with Crystal on this one. Because Crystal was very pretty. Crystal was very pretty. So, that's my answer. Okay. I and- agree. I, I agree, and I, I think it was very well said. And honestly, I think that um, Cosmos and Eternal kind of, you know, speak to me. Whereas, like, if you execute with excellence, I don't think you can ever go wrong. And I think, you know, with Crystal kind of like being a rush job to try to meet like fan demand and who knows what type of production deadlines they had had they had kind of like really like stuck to like like a decent schedule and actually put some you know elbow grease into the production value i think that we would have gotten something similar to like and 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 that's also taking into account that they brought on a character designer that was from the first season the animators that are still that animated the show in the 90s are still working it's not like they retired. Hisashi Kagawa, who did the S and Supers movie, he did um, what was it? Fresh Precure, and Katsumi Tamigai, like he had, he did um, Precure Five and Precure Five Go Go, and his style is like both of their styles are still distinctive and indicative of when they first started with Sailor Moon. So the fact that, you know, the that Toei, for whatever reasons, decided not to pay homage further by bringing on people that knew Sailor Moon in and out. Hisashi Kagawa still does Sailor Moon art to this day, and it still looks as good as it did when he drew it back in the 90s. And that was his first anime um, working. So it's like the fact that, you know, it's like I wish that there was a little bit more and great, I know there's new talent out there. I know they probably want to focus on um, bringing in um, like new you know, fans and new, stuff. New, yeah, new fans, new talent, you know, uh, bring in those artists that work on Precure. I think that that is also like one of the reasons. It's like I think there could have been a better balance between the new and the old. Um, just that like they brought back Kotono Mitsubishi, I, I don't see why they couldn't have brought back those animators in some capacity, even if it was consulting. You know? So I thought that was very interesting. So we are getting we're getting a little bit over time, so I know we're gonna have to wrap this up. So uh, we have about one, two, three, four, five questions. We have like a few more talking points. Um, so we're gonna be pretty fast about this. So uh, 15, one word answer. I want to know what Sailor Moon hot take you are looking forward to discussing on the podcast, and I will start with Lumi. Seiyusa fans. What's that? Seiyusa fans, I am looking forward to the hot, to the discourse that is going to be going on. <laughs> let me tell you, the pot is hot. And I say that as someone who ships both 
Mama Usa and Serisa. <laughs> I just know. I just know what's coming. Because this is going to be hot. He's going to be hot. That, okay. That's what I'm supposed to do. Okay. What about you, Z? Mamaru Fanon versus Mamaru Cannon. Okay. Oh my I god. Like <laughs> write that down. JK, write it down. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh my um, god. So I feel like there's a like a, a common thread here, but I'm gonna give you guys two that I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about the um, I guess it's like let me let me think about this one. Give me one second. Okay, so yes, I want to demystify the misconception of Mamoru's age, specifically in the 90s anime. Um, And I also want to tackle, and and that ties in specifically not only to his characterization, but also his relationship with Usagi, which also plays into Seiya Usa. Um... I also want to talk about um, Chibiusa slash Black Lady and the misconception of the Electra complex that she exhibits. Um, I think that I think that and I think this is the case when you try to take on complex nuance um, like characteristics or tropes and try to simplify them in such a way where it comes off as inappropriate or cringy. Hmm. And it reflects on the creator in a sense where it's just like, I think, and it, it tends to, when it gets watered down, it like, it misconstrues the intent of the author. And I think hmm. that that's kind of like what's happening. And so, and just to pro- provide some clarification um, for our audience is that we understand why some people feel the way they feel about some of the things that we some of the topics that we talked about as far as hot takes and controversy and it's not to say that you are wrong it is not to say that your opinion is not valid we just want to be able to discuss it in such a way and bring facts to the table to kind of support our perspective on these hot takes and controversies because I, I think um, and Lumi touched on this that there's a lot of discourse when it comes to some of these takes um, some people are very passionate about like there's their Seiya Usa ship and they'll fight to the death for it they'll die on that hill that they believe that Usagi and Seiya belong together and that's fine I have no issue with that whatsoever And but I think that with any opinion or preference and I've stated this before you don't have to tear down people that have a preference that's different or opinion that's different than your own to get your point across. And that's what we're trying to say. It's not to say that the Seiya Usa fans are wrong or the people that feel some type of way about Mamoru are wrong. But we feel like if we provide you with a different perspective from our understanding, supported by factual information and canon that we hope that you'll be able to see things a different way, not necessarily change your opinion, but you should be able to say, oh, I never thought of it that way. You're right, I, you know, or I can see it, I can see where you're coming from. I don't have to, you know, like, I don't necessarily agree with it, 
but I can understand where you're coming from. And that's honestly the ultimate message that I think we would like you to walk away with is a like a different perspective, a different take and a better understanding, not necessarily taking anything away from you. So I hope mm-hmm. that that provides some clarity as to why we talk. Like we're not trying to like, yeah, we want to stir the pot, start some controversy in the community. It's like, no, we want to take a lot of those misconceptions and rumors and head cannons and kind of bring some more clarity and understanding and facts behind it to help give you a better understanding and perspective on it. Okay, so uh, one shot and so I this ties into our next question is what do you hope to achieve with this podcast? And I think that from my previous answer, I'm you know gonna kind of like tack on to that. Like it's it's we are not trying to be the know-it-alls of the Sailor Moon community. Like there's still stuff that we are learning today about Sailor Moon. And uh-huh. honestly, this is a great way for us to come together to share that information, to share our own perspectives. And if you have been listening this far into this two and a half hour podcast, you can understand that we all have our own preferences and views and that none of our um, none of them are alike or and the similarities are there, but they're not, you know, like we're not all coming off of this, like this, this, this sameness or this oneness when it comes to Sailor Moon. We all have our different opinions and we have our own perspectives and we have jobs or hobbies that align in such a way that gives us a different view. So what I hope that you take away from this podcast, as I said earlier, is that you just have a different perspective, a different respect for um, Sailor Moon in general. And I will hand it to Lumi to answer next. What do you hope to achieve from this podcast? I honestly hope to bring like more. Oh wait, pause. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, we lost. We lost okay, completely. Okay. So. You're good. I just had a phone call. Um, I honestly hope to bring more solidarity to the community because while I do like to say the Sailor Moon. It's a very accepting, a very welcome community. There is a lot of discourse in the community, and it is very torn into. And I say torn into, and, and I know you know what to have without talking about. Um, but I, I want more, you know, more solidarity. I want there to be, honestly, more feeling lovers because while I'm not saying that everyone has to love feeling more, I know there's people that like feeling more, but. Or like Sailor Moon, but I just want there to honestly be like more briefing for it, you know, like more information about it. So not everyone knows about Sailor Moon, not everyone knows that like everything that comes with Sailor Moon or all the different, you know, subjects in it. Because I didn't even know until I had met D and you that there were musicals for Sailor Moon, you know, like I just want there to be more information, more topics, more talking about it, more love for it, you know, all the good stuff. Okay. And what about you, Z? Well, I agree with both of y'all with what you have said uh, previously. I hope that this prod words, this podcast, there we go, um, <laughs> for one, brings a sense of unity when it comes to the Mooney community, whether it be in podcast form, on TikTok, on Instagram, just wherever 
fandom spaces occur when it comes to Sailor Moon. And I also hope that people can walk away learning one new thing, because like Lumi had mentioned, um, I didn't know that they were musicals. Uh, and I know we're going to be talking about different iterations of Sailor Moon within this podcast, so I hope that people can walk away being like, oh, I didn't know that there's this thing that's out there. Let me do a little bit more research and find out more about said thing. Um, so a sense of unity, being able to gain a bit of knowledge from this podcast and hopefully um, walking away with a little bit of a smile after listening to this podcast, feeling some kind of joy. Like, ah, that was so great. Can't wait for the next episode. Finger guns. Nice. Yes. Um, so there are a, um, the Sailor Moon community has a lot of notable content creators and fans. And I want you guys to name one or two, if you have three, uh, notable content creators or fans that you would like to invite to Moonlight Justice to talk with us. And I will start with Z. <laughs> okay. Um, one is Vicky Bain. I love Vicky Bain so much. She's a well-known wig commissioner, and I know her for being the person that you can commission Usagi wigs from and learning like the different types of styling techniques for Usagi wigs. Um, she's also been cosplaying for a very, very, very long time, and I consider her to be a very avid person within the Mooney community, so that's one person. Um, Another person, I would also say Lunar Lynn, because Lunar Lynn is a, another cosplayer, but she's cosplayed from uh, the Nell K musicals, and it's one of the first few people I had ever seen cosplaying from the Nell K musicals, so I think it'd be really cool to um, get her on this podcast. Okay. Anyone else? Um... Or is that it for now? I mean, I have one more. She's actually um, a friend of mine. <laughs> and she's another cosplayer. I have a lot of cosplayers that I think would be really cool to get onto the podcast because I think cosplayers cosplaying from Sailor Moon can offer a really different perspective on the show, like having made costumes and studying things and stuff of that nature. So, Okay, absolutely. What about you, Lumi? Oh shoot, did you call me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was I have a couple people that I want to invite. So there's two people that I'm actually friends with. Um actually no, one of them. Uh Crescent Humphy. They're another black creator, but they also love Sailor Moon a lot. Um, and I know they would, you know, really like to talk about it. They're also a state with the fans, but they're also just um, and they have a lot of um intakes and insights of Sailor that I know would like to be like such an eye opener. Um, another one, one that uh, Z also said is Vicky Bane. I absolutely adore their ways. I hope to get one presented by them, uh, hopefully in the future. And then another one that I want to invite. It's Super Sailor Virgo, um, and I feel yes, that because yes, they actually, yes, because they cosplayed the Sailor Moon villain, and I was like, oh my god, I absolutely adore that, and of course, Empress Jasmine. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So um, I, there are some some individuals that I would like to invite, um, and a couple of them I have already. Um, Sailor Tortilla, who is known for her extensive Sailor Moon collection, has agreed to do a guest spot with us one day, so I'm really excited for that. Um, Steve Soprano Diva, uh, who is a big PGSM fan, has agreed to do an episode with us as well. So we're really looking forward to having her on. So hopefully we, we will be able to record with her soon. She's right. She's performing in Florida right now. Um, I would love to have um, Jason Muell, who is the creator of TuxedoUnmasked.com. I think that he could definitely provide some insight as uh, because he can definitely provide some insight to some of the things that we're talking about because he does some deep analysis into a lot of the Sailor Moon mythos. Um, so, and I think I take some cues from him when it comes to um, some of the information that I give in regards to Sailor Moon because I want to be as accurate as possible um, because there are some inaccuracies, some discrepancies, and some misconceptions when it comes to Sailor Moon. So I'm hoping that this podcast will help correct that in some capacity. Um, I would also like to have um, the Sailor Moon Fan Network on. on. Uh, they are um, equally known like they were probably like next to Sailor Tortilla when it comes to extensive Sailor Moon collections. Um, and a dear friend of mine by the name of Yose, uh, he has agreed to join us for an episode one day. He is also a big Sailor Moon fan and is very knowledgeable. So we definitely have some people in the pipeline to join us on Moonlight Justice. We don't want to be the only um, people talking about it. While we are the core group and the hosts of this podcast, we want to be able to lend a voice to other creators that have um, equal amount of love for the show as we do and can provide a perspective that maybe we don't even have. So I'm really looking forward to guest portions of our show, but I'm also looking forward to um, the three of us having discussions as a group because, you know, we we vibe and we mesh so well. Um, and I think that people will appreciate that. So yay for us. Yay. So we're closing out. Yay. And I want to know, are there any... Sailor Moon projects that you are guys you guys are working on currently and we will start with Lumi. Lumi, do you have anything going on Sailor Moon related? Um at the moment I have a couple of projects. I'm not saying them though. Y'all gonna just have to tune in, but they are possible projects. Um I do hope that you know when they are able to come out because I am handling them. Uh, no, Z, it is not related to the Sailor Fifty that I asked you about earlier. That is something that will be coming later. But it is it is a project I am currently working on cosplay wise and I'm very excited to see you guys. But other than that, no, not really. Okay. What about you, Z? I'm gonna find out what Lumi's working on. Um, (laughs) my one project. Anyways, my one (laughs) Sailor Moon cosplay uh, project that I'm working on is Princess Sailor Moon. I'm reciprocating the fuku that Princess Sailor Moon wears. I'm making a few differences though with the costume, mainly with the colors. 
I'm going for more saturated colors. I know Princess of the Moon is known for like the really dark uh, navy blue. I personally don't think I would look good in navy blue, so I'm going with a more royal blue tone for the skirt and the collar, um, and a more saturated-ish kind of pink for the bow. Um, just cause, cause why not? I, I think <laughs> it would be nice, and I think it'll be a little different, and I'm trying to stay or stray a little bit from like how everything has to be 100% canon like it's okay to add a little bit of creative difference into it as long as it's not like i'm gonna make the skirt pink and make this <laughs> make the collar yellow and that's that's princess sailor moon now that's probably like kozaki from the parallel universe um but that's <laughs> jokey joke but that's the main one I've been working on, and okay. I have slowly but steadily been getting that finished up. Okay. And um, I've been working on a few projects myself. I have um, agreed to do edits on TikTok for um, Chaosus Studios, who is doing uh, a spinoff uh, as a continuation of the Sailor Stars anime from the 90s. It's called Sailor Moon Sacrifice, Ooh. and it is it, it is they are currently working on a manga to tell a story about um, Usagi's twin sister Kurai, um, who is also Sailor who is also a Sailor Moon herself. Um, so it's very, so I'm very interested to see how the story is going. Um, I granted I am a part of this group. But I have specifically asked for no spoilers, so I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. Um, but they were—they initially did—they uh, were doing a fan-made show on YouTube about a decade ago, um, and they were taking some of the anime footage from the '90s and re-editing it to try to make their own movie. Um, and the project, you know, kind of like fell to the wayside you know real life gets the best of us sometimes um so to kind of like compensate for that they decided to go ahead and do a manga instead which gives them more freedom they're not limited with the existing footage of the 90s anime so i'm really excited to see like so what what they're going to come out with the manga but i am taking footage from the youtube series and doing like little tiktok edits here and there so i'm really excited about that I'm working on a uh, fanfic. It's called La Soldier, and it is a retelling of the Sailor Moon story. Talked about it on my live. I talked about it with Z and Looney. Um, and um, it is a retelling, like I said, it's a retelling of the Sailor Moon story. Um, and it's going to take, the, the, the present day story will take place in Paris, France. And that's all I'm going to say about that because I definitely am still working on it it's a slow burn but it is a little passion project of mine and in the works i have a secret pgsm project that i am working on what i will leave it at that what <laughs> run that back right now you have a what I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's still in the concept phase, um, so I don't really want to say too much about it, but it is PGSM related, and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Fine, I'll wait until you <laughs> unveil it. <laughs> oh 
Okay, you will be okay, V. You will be okay. You will be okay. You can't miss You will. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And so, um, we are going to close out this episode. You can follow us on www.moonlightjustice.com. You can follow us on Instagram at moonlight underscore justice. Uh, you can follow me on the Sailor Moon Guy on TikTok or Sailor Moon Guy on Twitter. And you can follow Z on Sailor Moon Turtle on Instagram or TikTok. And you can follow Lumi at luminary underscore peach on Instagram and TikTok. And in the name of the moon, I definitely encourage you to indulge in your quirks. Um, Life is short. Life is hard. Definitely take the time to treat yourself and, you know, enjoy things in life. Um, That's what I'm going to close out with. What about you, Z? What do you have to say as a closing? In the name of the moon, remember to smile because you look better when you smile. Uh, Like you mentioned, there is so much going on in this world right now. And if there's ways and things that you can do to make yourself smile and make other people smile, you'll make the world just a little bit brighter than you. And Lumi? Awesome. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in.